Welcome to Savvy Sab's podcast on Call-In. This is episode 112, RFK Jr., Tara Reid, Mutual Aid, and more. Let's discuss RFK Jr.'s response to Glenn Greenwald, Tara Reid's situation, Mutual Aid Party, and more. All right, and let's jump right in. I see, Notori, you are first this time. What is going on? Just got to go ahead and uh, unmute there, and I'll make sure I do the same on my end for the media part. What's up, Notori? Hello. Hello. I just wanted to say that I'm uber excited <laughs> about Cornel West, Cornelio. <laughs> the green party, very I already you, you already know I don't really care for Mariana and that interview with um Glenn like I would have had a little bit of high hopes but I knew for sure I wasn't going to be able to vote for um Rob because he's a Democrat did you call him Rob? <laughs> But I'm so happy about, um, like, I hope, Corn- like, it's still little stuff with Cornelio, but I'm just loving the fact that he's independent and he moved to the Green Party because it was my only little issue. But, but now he got that fixed. I'm happy. And this, that, um, about the Tyra, Tyra Reed thing, this so, that pissed me off a lot. Yeah. For her telling the truth and the stuff you go through with telling the truth in America. But yet, once again, I say MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, they got them jobs because they paid and told the line of the um the establishment. But yet, you, I see like this. I think how you say his name, Mehdi Hassan, he up there all day, every day, sucking off um Democrats. The establishment and he think he's so better than everybody else when he pushing the line and propaganda himself yeah yeah that's how they get to keep those jobs the moment they say something out of line they lose those positions just like uh you know phil donahue i mean you know he was against the iraq war that was it for him they canceled his show there was like well that's a wrap won't be needing you anymore phil so yeah yeah you know. I want other people to come in, but I'm just uber excited for Cornelio. Yeah, I think this is this is a, a good move. I know some people were like, we don't even know if all these things about Nick Braun are true. Let's go by the things that we do know for sure that are true. We know that there have been uh, some serious mistakes that have been made with the People's Party. And the thing is, is like, number one, like, how are you running a candidate and you don't even have ballot access? The only state... They have ballot access in, from what I understand, is Florida. I thought they had Virginia, but it was brought to my attention the other day that that was actually not not the case. So how are you going to run a candidate and you don't have any type of ballot access? Like that is going to take a tremendous movement, not to say it couldn't be done, but I mean, you you take care of home base first. You get the ballot access first, and then you talk about like running people there's also the fact that it's been a party for like a little over five years and they haven't run people even on the local level. So that's another thing. It's like, it seemed like to me, you're just fixated on the presidency. I've already told you guys the issues that have come up before about the money situation, how even when I interviewed Nick Braun, I asked him about the issues that 
happened with uh, finances. Uh, some of the complaints that people had about that, like the money going in from the people and then things not being used that were bought. And it's like, okay, great. Did you refund those people? You know, it, it just, it, look, it's not easy to start a political party. I'm not here to say that it is, but I will say, you know, you got all this money coming in and then we don't see any results, man. Like there's no, there isn't the ballot access, which isn't easy. I understand that, but you still taking money though. And that's when I see a problem. So, you know, my, my, my stance on that. Right. I saw the interview with um, Nick from the People Party. I was like, oh, it's something ain't right with him and his father. I was like, uh-uh. But um, I saw a lot of people had the issue. It's so funny to me. As soon as um, Cornell, as soon as he said he was going to run, people just lost their shit. I'm talking about every people on the left, Democrats, people that saying they ain't Democrats, but really all. It's just crazy. And I hate to say it, but this is the same way it would have been if Jesse Ventura would have ran. Because the thing is, the Green Party runs a candidate for president every presidential election cycle. But it's usually not a big name. Jill Stein became more known after her run for president. But now you have someone that's already a, a big name and everybody knows them. So now what I'm going to sit back and see... The people who said, this is stupid, if he was serious, he would run with the Green Party, yada, yada. Let's see if some of those people support this run now. And if they still don't support it and they say, well, no, he should be running Democratic Party, that's because a lot of these people are still Democrats. And I told you guys this before. I don't believe that all of these people who said that they dim exited actually dim exited. I think some of these people at heart are still Democrats, and I think they still support the Democratic Party. And I think that... They're going to try to find any excuse possible to say that he shouldn't run. Jacobin wrote a hit piece about Dr. West today. Jacobin is saying, like, it's not a good idea for him to run third party. It should be through the Democratic Party. Let me tell you guys something, okay? If Dr. West were to run through the Democratic Party, you would not get the opportunity to vote for him in the general election. Let me say this again. If Dr. West runs through the Democratic Party, you will not get the opportunity to vote for him in the general election. Most of you, unless you're in an early primary state, wouldn't get the opportunity to vote for him in the Democratic primary. And for those of you who supported Bernie Sanders, unfortunately, those of you who lived in states like New York, you probably didn't get the opportunity to vote for Bernie Sanders. Do you see what I'm saying? I did because I'm one of the earlier primary states. But for most of the country, that's not the case. So let's think about this logically, people. <laughs> And the and Jacobin, you know, this is the DSA crowd. Jacobin knows that. Jacobin knows this shit. Jacobin knows damn well if Dr. West run, jump in this race as a Democrat party, they know damn well you are not going to get the chance to vote for him in the primary. So this argument of you should do it just to push Joe Biden left is bullshit because we already had people like Bernie Sanders run against someone like Joe Biden, and that was supposed to push Joe Biden left. And what is Joe Biden doing? He's complaining about the climate crisis, but he's still fracking. He's still drilling oil. You know, he's still caving to people like Joe Manchin. So don't even give me that bullshit. Some of these people, I think, are just trying to continue this DSA, 
you know, strategy and model because that is what has become their brand. Some of them built their careers off of the Bernie Sanders presidential runs, which it was two election cycles in a row. Not all of them, but some of them did. Some of them started during that time. And then there were people like me and the rest of us at RBN. We started after. So no one can come to us and say, you guys grew off of the Bernie uh, campaigns. No, we didn't. We didn't even exist. It's really interesting. I, I watched that debate between uh, due dissidents and Jordan Sheraton. And I was just like, you know, he's like, you guys, none of these people were talking about Trump. We weren't even around. <laughs> we didn't exist when Trump was president. So you criticize the, it, the administration that is in office that has the power at this point in time. Had I been, you know, had a show during the time that Trump was president, I still would have been criticizing him too, just like I did on Facebook and other forms of social media. But the, but the thing is, is that you can't be mad at people because they've decided to walk away from the strategy. And I've been saying this for a long time. You need someone that's going to run third party that has a big name to make an impact. Ross Perot wasn't well known as Dr. West is. Ross Perot got like 18% of the vote. And no, did he win? No, he didn't. But you know what he did do? He made it, he made it so that uh, Bush didn't win re-election. He made sure that shit happened. So you got to think about that. So the thing is, it's like, well, he's going to hurt Joe Biden. Maybe no, Joe Biden needs to, maybe Joe Biden needs to lose. That's, that's the point I'm trying to get across to people. When people say a third party run is going to hurt Joe Biden. Duh, if we wanted Joe Biden to stay there, we wouldn't be telling people to run against him. We don't want him there. <laughs> like, God. <laughs> Piss me off, too, because when they say in the media and some other people on the so-called left say that they're going to take votes from the Democratic Party, no. People that's voting is not, if they voting for third party, they're not going to vote for Democrats anyway. And then it's... um. What I want to say, oh yeah, I don't hate, like, I don't, well, I really can't, can't stand them, but I can care less if you're a Democrat, Republican, whatever, we can agree to disagree. But what really pissed me off is these bitches on the left acting like they on the left or socialist, whatever. Y'all know who the fuck I'm talking about. I'm pissed. <laughs> but then you're going to act like, and then you get mad at your audience. You tell us every damn day on your soapbox. The Democrats are corrupt. They're corrupt. They're corrupt. But see, soon as they see Mariana and Robert, they pushing them hard as fuck, but then turn around and get mad at us because we don't want to vote for Democrats. Marianne has no chance of winning either. And, and they know this. And here's the thing is like, look, I'm sorry for the people who jumped on the Marianne train and said, yes, someone challenging Joe Biden, you know, sometimes it's good to be patient and wait a little bit and see who else steps up. I felt like some people didn't even do that. They just immediately were like, Marianne's running. She's challenging Joe Biden. So, yeah, I'm going to support her. We all need to get behind Marianne Williamson. And guess what? That didn't happen. Everybody didn't fall in line like we did with Bernie Sanders and get behind Marianne. So then you had a problem. And then RFK Jr. announces that he's running and he's better on foreign policy, uh, at least with the wars, than Marianne is. 
And so then it's like, then you see both of them got bad takes when it comes to Israel and Palestine. And I'm like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, are, are you, are you kidding me? And so for people who tell me and they say, Bernie Sanders, when he was running, you guys didn't have this position. Were we at war with Ukraine when Bernie Sanders ran in 2020? No. Like, was there a Russia, Russia, Ukraine war when Bernie Sanders ran for president in 2020? No, there was not. So why would we bring it up if it wasn't even happening? Right. And some of these people think we still love and stumping for Trump. No, ma'am. No, Pam. We done like well, special. I can speak for me. I don't fuck with Bernie. I love what he stood for, what he brought to the table. But what I seen these last two, three years. Mm-hmm. Cause Bernie caved just like the rest of them, and so we saw he wasn't serious about a political revolution either. He got to write another book though. When I found out about um Sharma and um Chris Hedges. They told him to run as a third party. Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. That at, at the worker strike back. Yeah. I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, you guys. And you guys are going to have to tell me, like, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that some of the people who went ahead and said that they're going to support Marianne, do you think some of them might flip in support of Dr. West? What do you think? Do you want me to Go ahead. I'm going to read off what, uh, what uh, Cornell West uh, put on Twitter. So uh, Cornell West tweeted, In the spirit of a broad unified front and coalition strategy, I am pursuing the nomination of the Green Party for President of the United States. Go to CornellWest24.com for more information to continue to support this unprecedented effort to empower, to empower precious poor and working people here and abroad. I thank the volunteers of the People's Party for the initial launch. So that was his tweet. Yeah, I haven't watched the interview with Katie Halper yet, but um, I was told that um, Katie Halper, I guess he told Katie Halper, it, he switched to the Greens. So for people... So for people who... Um, we're wondering if it was going to be a joint effort. It well, hopefully it's still an open question. I mean, of course, that would be would be the ideal thing. Would be you know some kind of big coalition between you know Green and People's Party, whatever that is, and um, and Workers Strike Back. You know, that would be the ideal thing. Would be would be some kind of a a coalition, and I guess it just comes down to organizing or how that would really work. Um, looking at it, his website, um, I don't see any changes on his website as yet on the Cornell West 24, but I assume there'll be uh, there'll be updates on there. And and like I said in the break, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens in terms of a platform, in terms of, of, of you know, of policy issues and things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, we'll see where it goes. I think it's going to. Hey, what's up to everybody? What's up? To the chat, can you hear me? Hey, I just want to make sure I, I'm using my. I'm gonna drop down, but thank you, Sabby, and keep doing the thing. Thank much you. Love. See you, Notori. Yeah, Notori, much love. Yes, I'm curious about um, it, or I, I think that it will be very interesting to see if the other 
like leftists, meaning like I think there's a Freedom of Peace Party or there's another party that I can't remember the name that uh, in New Jersey that uh, I could have picked between them and the Green Party. And I said, ah, let me just go with the traditional, my traditional pick and I picked the Green it's Party. It's like these, those smaller parties, yeah. Yeah, it was a smaller party, but what? how powerful would it be if they say, hey, you know what, we, we want him to be our nominee too. So now you see Cornell West in two different places. And I'm only speaking for New Jersey. I don't know how other states work. But let's say he, he's the nominee for the Green Party and the um, Peace and Freedom Socialist Party of New Jersey, let's just say. And, and people go into the ballot to vote for somebody, and then they see Cornell West twice. They're like, hey, you know what, let me go with this guy who's here twice, I think. I think that would be interesting, and also I think the ground game is what's going to matter for Marianne Williamson, for Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and for Cornell West. They, they're doing the, the podcast um, circuit, but they need to have a powerful grassroots, as we saw with Nina Turner. You need to have a ground game, so that's what I have to say. Yeah, um, speaking of that, uh, Marianne's... Uh press person contacted me today for an interview I don't know what to do I really don't but let me let me bring in um, Samurai because I know you're waiting what's up Samurai go ahead and unmute I feel like I already interviewed Marianne I know it was on RBN but I just kind of feel like I don't know I don't know man what's up Samurai you just got to hit unmute hey can you hear me I can hear you hey um yeah, um, I would love to. First of all, it's great to be on here. I don't think I've ever gotten off the queue, um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to. Um, well, if you are doing shows, um, I'm going to be somewhere near to Boston, so I'd love to come to a show in the future. Um, I'm actually one of those people that like left DSA over um, <clears throat> everything that happened with Bowman. Um, and then the rail strike stuff, and just it's a joke of an organization, um, ah, which is tough. Those? I feel like I wasted so much time. Yeah, you're one of those people. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually I was very involved with the Bowman stuff at the national level. Um, to see like the bootlicking that goes on for politicians is just crazy. I talked about this once on um, Brianna Joy Gray's Colin, um, but I don't want to get into to all of that. I, I just think that like it was a really um, clarifying experience. Um, and for me, it was even more tough because I actually worked on the Bernie campaign. I was a field organizer. So I, um, you know, what, what was, what was being shared before feeling like Bernie betrayed the movement. I mean, I, I feel that even more so. I mean, I took time away from school, um, moved all across the country. Um, and I, I wasn't steeped in what happened in 2016. I mean, I was a young kid in college. So Learn, re, learning for the first time as I was on the campaign and afterwards, just how much the DNC like screws you over um, if you for, in any way work against them, and they will not, they will just not let you win. Like they can just write the rules however they want because they're a private corporation. Their lawyers admitted that. Like it was just truly shocking to me. And then seeing Bernie bow out, seeing him cave on everything. I mean, um, he didn't really demand anything for his endorsement. All of that stuff. And I'm just feeling a lot of those same, uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of the same vibes, same energy when it comes to RFK and Marianne Williamson, and seeing all these people on the left who are like screaming policy and, and do, I mean saying and doing a lot of the right things in the sort of lead up to 2020. Um, 
and then seeing RFK and, and Marianne get all this sort of support and love. And I'm like, these people don't even have like policies that they can like coherently talk about. Like they don't even talk about like healthcare, Medicare for all. They barely talk about it. RFK was on uh, breaking points, I think today. And, and he wouldn't even commit to like a, 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 a minimum wage number. I'm like, you guys are like a joke. You're running for president. Like, what do you expect us to just, you know, oh yeah, like you're not Biden. So we'll support you. And they have mm-hmm. no shot of winning anyway. But I guess that's what they expect. I think so. so. It, yeah, it's really interesting that he, because I saw that, I didn't see the interview, but I, it popped up on my homepage that he was on breaking points again. And I was like, you went back on breaking points again, but you haven't been on. So here's the thing. I've been paying close attention and I have noticed, I have not seen RFK Jr. go onto a left podcast yet since he announced. Not yet. I have noticed. I haven't seen him on Bad Faith. I haven't seen him on Katie Halper's show. I haven't seen him on. He'll probably come back on Jimmy's show, but he's already been on Jimmy's show before he announced he was running. Like, yeah, but he hasn't even been on Jimmy since he announced, which is interesting. That's. I mean, does anybody else think this is a little bit weird? Like, I've seen him go on right wing shows. He's been on libertarian shows. He's been on uh, corporate media. Obviously, he's coming on Rising later this week. They announced, but Rising also isn't left. Breaking points isn't left either. Like those two shows, the audience is conservative leaning, right? And even they'll tell you that. So the thing is, is like, why is RFK Jr. not appearing on any left wing shows? I think, I don't think he wants or needs to, to be honest with you. Um, he has, I mean, compared to Marion Williamson, I mean, this guy has a lot more name. I mean, I don't know a lot more, but I know she was a famous author and all that, but, but he's got like a, a brand that I don't think she has. Um, but, but more importantly, I mean, these, both of these people are, are, are Zionists. Like I, I personally, like after Bernie, I was like sort of working on his campaign, slowly discovering like, Oh, actually like, yeah, he's better than Palestine than like all these other clowns, but he's not that he's the race still Zionist. Like he's still kind of a soft Zionist. And I mean, Marianne Williamson and, and, and RFK Jr. Just gloves off. They don't care. Like they don't care. And I think, um, I actually look a lot more, I, I put a lot more importance on foreign policy than domestic policy for these uh, presidential candidates. Cause that's really where they have a lot of power. Um, and I, I just think they're, they're trash. I mean, I, I don't know what um, I, I just know. They're both, they're both Zionists. They both, I mean, the Roger Waters thing with um, RFK Jr. was just kind of sad. I was like, you're just a sad, pathetic person. If you can't even, you know, take a moral stand to back this, you know, famous celebrity who was, you know, very much justified in what he was doing and saying. So I'm going to be moving to New Hampshire soon. And I would love to get involved with Mr. West's campaign, Dr. West. Um, and I, I will get involved with this campaign. I'll try to bring whatever I can to bear, but I'm going to be very busy studying, but I will try as much as I can. But he, his, his announcement and thank God he shifted to the green party. I mean, you need ballot access. I'm sorry. Like that was whatever you want to say about people party. That, that is a very important functional thing. Um, but I will be in New Hampshire and I want to volunteer for him. I met him, I've met him twice before. I pictured on the phone with him. I love, I love that guy. Um, I think he's got, he's, he's, he could actually do a lot. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if, if there are people in Boston that would want to come up, um, I don't know if I should call you Sabby Sabs or Sabs or Sabrina. I'm sorry. I, I've heard all these names. <laughs> anyway, if, if people are interested in coming up from Boston at some point, um, I would love to be a part of that sort of coordinating things. But, um, yeah, I think he's he's on the right track. And I mean, he 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 has a policy background that like is really amazing. And he's not like he is a Bernie type figure and that he appeals to like working class people. 
um, of all political backgrounds. So, um, and, and, but, but unlike Bernie, he's willing to buck the democratic party. I think that's crucial. And honestly, um, savvy, uh, yeah, savvy. I'll just, I'll just go with savvy. If anyone, uh, brings up those excuses around like, um, oh, well you have, to, and this is what Kyle Kalinske does a lot, which is so annoying. Cause like, he's smart enough to know better around like, oh, well you need ballot, you need, you need ranked choice voting before you can run a third party. Like, yes, ranked choice voting would be how a third party could actually win. But like you don't need it to actually do it. Like you need to like build a, a movement to actually win that and win many other things. Um, but if anyone brings that up, I mean, um, I know in Rhode Island here, I'm I'm from Rhode Island. The DSA here is actually not trash, um, and is um, is trying to run people third party uh, the next election cycle, I believe. Um, so this is something that we've talked about extensively, and people have come to the conclusion of like. Look, if you're going to sit there and say, well, we can't do third party until we get ranked choice voting, you're never going to do third party. Like you have to dip mm-hmm. your toes in the water, build the infrastructure to actually win an election before you can turn people out to win a ballot measure or to like force a, um, a, a bill through that would that would allow ranked choice. I just I don't buy that whole. Well, the other thing is, if the Democrats lose an election because they didn't have ranked choice voting, then you'll start seeing some of them get behind it all of a sudden. <laughs> so That's that right. angle as well. That's right. And the other thing I was going to add, too, that I think is important. Um, I saw someone say this in the chat. No, Glenn Greenwald is not right wing, uh, but the audience is conservative leaning. I know because I'm, I'm also on Rumble. Like the audience is conservative leaning. Rising's audience, same thing. And so is Breaking Point. So what I'm saying is, is that RFK Jr. has not appeared on a show that has a, a left leaning or left audience. And it's true. He hasn't. Like, what is going on? Let me tell I'll tell you what they said to me. Now, keep in mind, they've been giving me the runaround since the very first time I reached out to them and I had direct contact with his press person. OK, doesn't even have to be <clears throat> doesn't even have to be um, my show, but all of us have talked about this in private. <laughs> We've talked about this in private, like all of us have reached out, like Pasta was there on the ground and covered him on the ground in New Hampshire. I covered him on the ground in Boston. He hasn't come on Convo Couch. He hasn't come on, you know, my show or, um, like I said, Bad Faith, Katie Halper's show, The Gray Zone. I know Max Blumenthal also invited him on. So I've gone back and forth with them since the day that he announced. And let me tell you what they said to me uh, recently. This has just been a back and forth. You're in the queue. You're in the queue. And keep in mind, I reached, by the way, I reached out before some of the people who, who have interviewed him reached out like these people reached out after me so just just keep that in in mind so um could i just ask oh, that, like, go ahead today on on breaking points he literally was like i'm a free market capitalist i'm like that's great but like you're also saying that like corporations are like the evil like spawn of satan like he, his his message is makes no sense like this man is not coherent when he talks about politics especially it seems on economics so i don't know what the appeal is i i mean i i get that like fake pharma is a huge evil and like they need to be like reined in but like i don't know where i think it's like the dynasty the kennedy name the fact that he's running in the dem party i don't know what it is but like when you actually listen to this guy talk about economics and like is even slightly challenged like they they asked him like do you support um, jobs guarantee and a $15 minimum wage. He didn't answer really either question. They asked him again and he still didn't answer the questions. He was like, Oh, maybe I'll support a jobs guarantee if AI like takes over all of the jobs basically, which is like, what kind of, 
Anyway, this guy's just, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. I don't know why people like him so much, but I will say, Sabi, um, I would love, I don't know how the best way to reach out to you is um, for this Email. sort of thing, the organizing world. Is that available on your um, on your profile? Yeah, it's it's on my, um, if you go to any one of my YouTube videos, you'll see. Okay. You'll see and then the last thing, I saw somebody put in the chat that they're going to smear Cornell West as being an anti-Semite. And like, I think they will certainly try. But if any of you have ever seen him at a Palestine rally event, anything, I mean, mm -hmm. this man is like one of the most eloquent people in the world, especially, I mean, certainly among like U.S. scholars, whatever. Um, and when he talks about Palestine, I mean, he talk about someone who can disarm an argument, disarm, disarm dishonest, um, bad faith smears. I mean, I, I don't I don't worry about Mr. West if he's face to face um, on the debate stage on on uh, the campaign trail, wherever he is, I think the, the issue with him is going to be, um, can he build the campaign infrastructure and surround himself with the right people to have a solid ground game in some certain key states? Um, and then I, I don't know what his long-term plan is. Like, it's a long shot yeah. to try to win third party, but I don't know if that's exactly what he's trying to do, but whatever he is trying to do, he needs like a really solid round game. Well, I told people to look at this as like building the third party movement. That's how I told people to look at it. But this is what they said to me recently. Okay. So keep in mind, it's been back and forth since I covered him on the ground. Okay. Thank you, Sabrina, for your interest in interviewing Mr. Kennedy. You are actively in our queue. This is the same thing they've been saying over and over. But right now we have more requests than availability. We can appreciate your continued patience and we'll be in touch soon. So I responded and I said, this is interesting considering I submitted my request the week he announced his candidacy and covered his announcement on the ground. I know commentators that requested after I did and they've already interviewed Mr. Kennedy. This is unfortunate for my audience and independent media in general. Yeah, so- um, They know you're gonna ask I, I don't, the hard questions. Yeah, I don't play that shit. Like, what, how old do they think I am? I was not born yesterday. I know what this is about. He just went on breaking points again. So that's twice. So don't give me that bullshit. We don't have no availability and all that shit. You guys just really not trying to push for him to come on to on these shows where our audience is more left-leaning. He hasn't been on any of the, the what do you call it, the, the Bernie movement or former Bernie movement people shows since he announced that he was running. But he has no problem going on to right-wing media. He's gone on to libertarian podcasts. And it's not about uh, subscriber count either because he interviewed, he went on to my friend's show in New Hampshire, Jackman Radio. He went on to their show. They have way less subscribers than I do, but they're libertarian. So you see what I'm saying? Like you run through the Democratic Party, but I don't really see, there's no push for him to talk to people, number one, who are Democrats. And I'm, I'm not a Democrat, I'm independent but people who have that left-leaning or that left-wing audience. So I have to sit back and ask, what's this really all about? Marianne willing to go on anybody's show, anybody's show. You know, uh, Doc, Dr. West, he making the rounds. How many shows Dr. West been on so far? Because I thought he was on three different shows today. So it's just, to me, it, that's, it's very telling. And another thing that I've noticed too, I have yet, I have yet to see RFK Jr. talk to a black host yet mm. interesting i know he said he was on tim black show so i, I haven't watched tim black in a long time so i have to go and check Cornel west out. was um cornell west was yes 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 yeah I'm not, not rfk jr RFK. yeah that, yeah that's um definitely disappointing that rfk jr then did not uh 
Yeah, that's crazy. I know. I just wanted to make a comment with Corn about Cornell West. Everybody know has a friend that you know this guy is so nice and so you know that if somebody else came to you and said, "Hey, yo, you know about your friend? He's the crazy or this, this, this," you'd be like, "Nothing's wrong with my friend. Something must be wrong with you." You know what I'm saying? I just want to say Cornell West is that guy. Like, if anybody comes to me and say, "Oh, Cornell is kind of this or that," I'm like, "Huh? I don't know about you," because only because of watching him, uh, how he speaks and how he can navigate different mediums. You can see him on Jimmy Dore. You can see him on TYT. You can see him on Nina Turner. You can see him on Fox News. I mean, there's people I clipped already. I clipped him on um, people talking nice about him on Fox News. So yep. I'm looking forward to seeing how far his uh, campaign can go. Yep. Yeah, even Jacob is lying, saying that he's not going to get coverage. I'm like, mainstream media covered him immediately. What are you talking about? Well, more people know about Cornell West than know about Jacobin. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, the Cornell West thing, it has a huge potential of just pulling out like big numbers, people volunteering, people getting excited about it. I mean, he, he's even – I mean, there, there is something big and special happening if Cornell West can get RBN Nick excited about electoral politics, well, that's something. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I would just say so like, something big uh, could be happening. Hope so. Yeah. The um, like, whenever you whenever you're talking about them basically ghosting you, Sabi, um, I, I'm not surprised because they just they I think they have seen your content. They know they they probably saw your Marianne interview. They're like, oh well. You know, she's not going to pull any punches. She's not going to hold back. And if if he doesn't answer your question, you're going to keep asking it, which is how journalists are supposed to be. Um, and I'm not saying other outlets that have interviewed him haven't done that, but like, I think you would do a much better job than many of these places. Um, and I think like he's such a public figure now, and there's a lot of buzz around him that it just kind of reminded me how when um, uh, Kyle Kalinske and, and Crystal Ball were going to interview Bernie, he was like no, 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 I don't want to interview with Kyle, but, but Crystal, you can interview me. Um, and they agreed to it, which is just, I mean, Kyle completely like, I mean, uh, from somebody who had been a big Bernie stan, right. But, but they still agreed to the interview, even though they were, they were kneecapping their yep. show just for him. And I mean, this, this is the length that a lot of people in media, not just the media and DSA and wherever you want to look in politics will go to secure um, these sort of prestigious guests. And then when they have them on, they'll treat them with kid gloves. Um, so I just, I, I think that that's kind of a very similar dynamic going on. They just don't want to be asked hard questions and they'll just ghost you until you're in the queue. Um, you know, whatever it is just to not um, have to engage with it, but trust, I mean, I will be, I, I mean, I don't, I'm assuming Marianne and um, um, RFK are going to be coming to New Hampshire someplace near me. Like uh, I'm going to be in a relatively populated area. Um, near university even better so i feel like they'll be around and i am very excited to um go to their events and ask them hard questions especially about palestine but but also just generally about their like i mean i, I don't know what these people stand for and even when you ask them about like medicare for all they never get asked about it but even if you did they have no idea what they're talking about and they have no plan about how they're going to fight for it if they actually win which they won't so i, I just i think this stuff is just like I don't know. It just seems like a joke, but it's a really sad joke because there's so much at stake. And I think Cornell uh, is just the right person to try to build a, an actual viable um, winning third party movement. 
and I'm going to hop off. I sorry agree. About, sorry about staying on so long, but I appreciate you letting me up. Thanks so much, Samurai. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in Tim, and then I'm going to um, pivot to you, uh, Noel, as well. What's going on, Tim? Just got to unmute. Hey, Sammy. Hey, how hey, you hey. Hello. Um, <laughs> hello again. Um, um, I don't know why you have an issue with RFK. I mean, it's totally logical that, you know, one would want to be, one would want to suffer under Israeli genocide rather than Saudi Arabian genocide. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, that democracy. (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like after after watching that interview with Glenn, I, I'm yeah. I mean, I, I read he was out with his first this you know his first thing about number one being a Democrat and then talking about his Israeli relations with his family and all this other bullshit and then he comes out with that shit and then tries to pretend that like 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 who believes those narratives anymore? Like, like, as if, like, 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 what is he going to say next? That we're in Syria because we want to bring them democracy too? Like, <laughs> is it like, what, what kind of bullshit are you going to keep, like, like, holding on to? Like, it's like, yo, RFK, I don't care about your nostalgia. Like, I, I don't want that. Like, you go ahead, you want to be nostalgic, go, whatever, go, go watch a video or something, whatever. But we don't want that shit. But I think he is wishy-washy and getting more wishy-washy about it, I think it's a healthy fear he has considering, you know, two of his family members were murdered by the the state. So, you know, I mean, it makes sense that he would be wishy-washy and not want to, you know, stand his ground on things and, and, and play the politics and, and do all this other bullshit. So uh, he just needs to step aside, you know, like don't, or whatever he does, like run. You have the right to run. Go ahead and do that. But I, I ain't interested. I don't want to hear nothing else from him. I don't. I, I wouldn't even care if you even interviewed him. I probably wouldn't even watch it. Like I have. I don't <laughs> want. You know, I care about anything else he has to say. He's disqualified already, and it's, I don't even want to entertain it anymore. I don't want to hear nothing about him anymore. He's just a piece of shit. Move on. Let's go. Like let's let's let's, let's get get this, let's get this shit going. Like. Cornell's going to be the one I'm going to vote for. If he makes it to that line, I'm going to be there to vote for him. If not, then we'll see what happens. But RFK, I'm sorry. Like, when I, I, I'm done. I don't even, I don't care. I don't want nothing to do with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, oh, am I alone in that sentiment? <laughs> It's funny because like he started out so based, remember? Yeah. But I mean, but that, but then again, those issues, the, the issue of, of Palestine didn't come up, and and the way he just like discounts the suffering that those people go through, you know, yep. it's just are you kidding? And then and then in that same interview, he was like, "Well, I saw how they were like." You know, when they did, you know, when Israeli fucked with Palestine's water and how they were giving, I'm like, oh, yeah, you saw that, but what? <laughs> like, and then, like, what's the next answer? Fund them still? Like, are you, it's so cowardly. And it's like, 
and 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 the, the that part where Gwen pointed out like the you know the the hypocrisy where he revealed that the, the the certain people how you brought up like which people are you talking about which people are you afraid of offending with this with these sponsors you know and I think that's where that healthy fear does come in is that he knows like you his was it his father and and his uncle were both both murdered by the state for trying to stop war. Like, <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, I, 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 I get it. That's like, it's a good healthy fear to have, but. Sometimes you know. I wonder if, if Glenn Greenwald ever wonders, like if he ever just says in the back of his mind when he's interviewing some people, like what the, if he ever just thinks to himself, like, what the fuck is he talking about? Of course he does. Like, he's human. Like, <laughs> I wonder what's the point. He's just of more and more rehearsed on hiding it. What's the point of having Dennis Kucinich as your campaign manager when you're not going on leftist podcasts and you're having these? Yeah, I think you I wasn't going to say anything, but since you brought it, their case. Let's all remember Dennis Kucinich was pretty vocal about, you know, the 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 Israeli government. He knows. He, he knows about this. He knows better. That's why I'm saying, like, how can he just, you know, you're the campaign manager and you think this is a good idea? It's because the way that they think about politics, they're still thinking it's 1990. They're still thinking with, oh, let's play this angle and let's do that and hold your fingers like this when you talk to the crowd and don't point that finger. And It's like, that's bullshit. Just, we're, in a, we're in an era now where information is instant. Truth matters now. Like, just say what you mean and get on with your life. But people don't have time to sit here and and dance around like all the like how Marianne Willis Williamson does her long winded fucking questions. Like, bitch, we asked you a yes or no question. Like, what 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 are you doing? Answer yes or no. Like, be precise, be succinct with what what you're saying. Nobody wants to hear all this, you know, chatter about all this other. You mentioned all this other shit, then you don't even answer the damn question. Like. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. They, they they keep trying to play as if we, as a populace, are haven't picked up on that game. Like we don't know when somebody's bullshitting us anymore. Like we've seen it firsthand. Like we we've been exposed to it now for forty plus years. We've seen the lies. We've seen the whole wishy washy bullshit and this and that and the other thing. And I'll do this and that. And then just like how how uh, what's the name brought up about RFK not wanting to you know, make a stance on what the minimum wage should be. Like, why the fuck not? You're running for president and this ain't crossed your mind on what, what it should be? Then why are you running for president if you have no idea? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's bullshit. And it's like, and everybody sees it. Oh, that's the, that's the bullshit right there. So why would it? Yeah, that's an excellent point uh, by Tim. And the sad thing, that's why uh, I thought about that uh, people's gauntlet idea, because You'd be surprised how many people run for office, whether it's at the House of Representatives level, whether it's at all the way up to the president level, that they are clueless on just the things that me and you and everybody in this chat who are political mm -hmm. junkies know more than these people who are actually running. Yeah. I've had, I had a conversation. Go ahead. I was going to bring in Noel really quick. Noel, I want to get your take on <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Um, 
You know, it's very interesting to me because when I listen to these people respond, I am constantly recontextualizing what they're saying into a broader strategic space. And what I hear with RFK, you know, I never lose sight of the fact that he and Marianne Williamson chose to run through the Democratic Party. So they're running a type of gauntlet. Um, They're running in and out of a ring of fire. And they know that, you know, to run as a Democrat, they know, first of all, that the machine is corrupted. They know what it's capable of doing and will eventually do to their candidacy. So I still am concerned about you know, to the extent that they are willing to be surrogates and ultimate endorsers of Joe Biden and this and that, and i.e. sheepdogs. So I am, it doesn't surprise me that they equivocate and stumble so much on Israel because they understand that in this Democratic Party, APAC and the DMFI hold a huge sway. And so they know on foreign policy, the duopoly is more or less consistent. That's a real consistent consensus position between Democrats and Republicans when it comes to American foreign policy. So they know they have to get that piece right. And the, and to your question, um, RFK is avoiding what we consider the left-leaning audiences because he knows these are the areas that would force him to to strike up more strident differences from the Democratic Party than he wants to be on the record addressing. So it's okay to him to appear on platforms and podcasts where he is to the left of that podcast. But he doesn't want to go to the place where he is dealing with people who are perhaps to the left of what he's willing to talk about. And so he's, you know, doing this type of dance. On the other hand, Dr. West has chosen to run outside of that duopoly system. So he is more able to speak a free conscious and he has in doing so, avoided the trappings of what it would mean to run in the Democratic Party. And at this point, to those of us who are really um, more so dialed into the politics than just the average American voter who's, you know, just voting blue no matter who or MAGA because it's something they, you know, just are going to do without thought. In this arena, we're looking for people who speak a clear mind, and people who speak with integrity and people who have a moral center and and a type of ethical footing that is consistent. The one thing about Cornel West is he has a lot of um, verbiage out there and he has a long track record and he has been fairly consistent. So, you know, you can try and corner him and say he's anti-Semitic and this and that, but it just won't stick. And meanwhile, he gives voice to the portion of this electorate that has simply been silenced. And if he is consistent and whether he wins or is on the ballot or whatever, as long as he continues to animate 
the fight of the voiceless that he speaks so eloquently to and gives rise and momentum to that third party movement, then we have a chance, you know, because what we're dealing with in large part is the apathy from the betrayals of the language from Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders twice. It's like, yeah, we know that you all can say the right things, but you betray once you go once you cross the Rubicon that is the elected offices in Washington, they begin to be Washingtonian insiders and they're officially in the swamp and they begin to be controlled by that machine. And so as long as he remains true to what it is he's been saying now and, and you know, more vehemently now than ever, then I think we're on the right track. But RFK, his his run and Marianne Williamson's run are suspect because they are running within a machine that we understand to be corrupted and dysfunctional. So, you know, I can always understand the choices they're making in where they appear. And, you know, when he was trying to respond to Glenn Greenwald on the Israel issue, I mean, it was just so schizophrenic almost. He was admitting, <laughs> he, he was admitting that, you know, the Israelis, you know, kill Palestinian children and this and that, but he could not come to terms with, and reason with that in terms of the question of continued billion dollars in support. And to go to this argument, that they are the least worst in that region. And if you are a dissident in that region, you'd rather be in Israel. And it's like Tim just suggested, you know, you pick your poison. Do you die by cyanide or do you die by olase or, you know, it's just ridiculous. But it's clear that he, he grasps that issue, but he couldn't bring himself to reason it out in a coherent way that he knew would put him on the other side of APAC and the DMFI and the powerful Israeli contingent in this country that is really dominant in American politics, especially on the Democrat side. So as crazy as it was, it made a type of strategic sense given what he's trying to do. Mm, mm, mm. Well said, Noel, well said. Tim, anything else to add? Um, no, but will Tara read? She, I don't know what, like, stay out of the country, like, don't even come back, wait, just let the empire is about to fall anyway, you might as well just start your new life. <laughs> it's, it's crazy though, isn't it? I mean, like, she can't see her daughter again, like, like, yeah. could you imagine, like, you're just stuck somewhere and you won't be able to see your family again? I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think they're ever going to leave her alone, regardless of what happens next. They're never, they need to make an example of this. They're going to make an example. It's just like with Cuba. Like, we keep fucking with Cuba. We can't have a successful communist country show that, hey, look, we can have a lower mortality rate than you, or, you know, infant mortality rate. We can have better health care than you, and all this stuff without your capitalism. Like, you get what I'm saying? And so it's like they, I think with her, they're never going to leave her alone. 
They're, she's always going to be a target. There's always going to be something after her. They're always going to be coming after her. Just like she talked about that that um, those, those uh, that case they have with her that for three years they ain't put no indictment against her yet, but they could at any time. Like, why are they just sitting there with that in the bag? Because they it's for that reason to let her know, bitch, we are you on our list and you you spoke up and now you're gonna pay, and we ain't never gonna let you go. And so that's why I say like she she's she's screwed, you know, like <laughs> unless we get somebody in the office that can, you know, demolish FBI and, and CIA and and really, you know, secure our democracy. It's just it's you I know agree. <laughs> I agree. It's it's very it's very strange. It's very it's just um I don't know, I just I, I feel really I feel really sad for um for Tara Reed. And I just It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it, it is really hard, heartbreaking, and I don't feel like, number one, I don't feel like it's fair, but I also feel like it is just, it is very, very wrong. And sadistic. Yeah, it's just the way that she's being treated right now. Yes. Yeah, and it's, and, and like I said, because because of who she's fighting against, I don't mean just Joe Biden. I mean the establishment, the fact that she's exposing this type of corruption and this type of of culture that exists within our politicians or our politics rather, that is where she's gonna be targeted because she's you know, she she's exposing it. So and that could never be let go. Mm, mm, mm. Unless unless it's Donald Trump or somebody she or Matt Gates, she accuses. But then, then all of a sudden, she'll be a hero. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Imagine if it wasn't Joe Biden. Imagine if it was Donald Trump, right? Right. Then it would have been, Alyssa Milano would have been, you know, cheering her on and everything. And then, you know, it's just, she probably would have been on The View, would have been like a star, a guest star on The View, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm losing so much hope. (laughs) Well, let's bring in Lance. Lance, you just got to unmute. Hi, Shabby, Roger, Noel. How y'all doing? Hey, how are you? I'll go ahead and let you get on to the next call, too. I'll um, I'll go ahead and disconnect now. Thank you again, Shabby, and thank you, everybody. All righty. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, so... um, I was wondering, Sabby, because you were the one that was on top of, you know, in the great interview with Cornell West and um, talking about how and you showed that clip of Chris Hedges, who was literally making the phone call. I didn't realize it till I saw it again. You showed it twice where he was literally calling the Green Party and setting up the meeting like right then because he said when you, you know, oh, I was mad. Yeah. What was that about? Like, I Oh, Lance, I think you're breaking up. I missed that last part. Sorry. Are you going to set up a, a, a Cornell West tomorrow? Hello? Yeah, we can hear you better now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I wondered if there was anything. It's maybe could take. It's going to take time, but did anything, Did not that what came of it, but did he meet with the Greens uh, like today? Do you know anything about a follow-up on what you had, you know, shown in that clip of Chris Hedges' 
tried to set up a meeting with them. So I already knew this on Monday. I already knew that he was going to the Greens on Monday. I just couldn't tell. I just didn't tell anybody. I didn't say anything publicly or to you guys because it's not my announcement to make. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I already knew. I was just, listen, it was a tough secret to hold, okay? I know, right? <laughs> wow. Sabby knows yeah. how to see. <laughs> no, but so see that's why the access came to you because you don't you don't do that. I know that you specifically don't reach out, even sometimes when you could, but just by being pure, you know, a pure of heart, it was like, okay, we all let you know, let's let's let you because you really did get the scoop of the kind of the earliest interviews of Cornell. And I know you don't do it for that. So what? You know, I'm not trying to blow smoke. You know, I don't do that. But wow. But seriously, that's wonderful. Wow. Cool. You know, kudos to you, Sabby. You know what I mean? I, that's great. But yeah. So did you. So there's no follow up yet. Right. They met. We'll find out when we find out when the, when they the color of, you know, we'll know if he decided to. Well, he already so, announced it, Lance. He, yeah, he announced it on Twitter I'm, tonight. He announced it on Twitter tonight. Oh, oh, that he yeah. is going to go with the Green Party. Oh, yes. there you go. Okay, so I was doing chores and I wasn't online. Oh, great. Now here's the thing, right? And you know, I'm not going to question his original choice to do MPP. I don't think he's like. You know, Ra Ra Nick Ra was just where he was already there, and it was like, why not? I can see the trepidation of with the Green Party about Howie Hawkins. I worked with Howie Hawk literally at UPS back in the day. We're both fellow teamsters and all that, but as brilliant as Howie Hawkins is, and some of his questionable takes lately, the one thing that he's got that's bigger than his really big brain is his big ego. And Howie Hawkins is all about Howie, and it's too bad. But still. He told uh, Nick. He told Nick on RBN to vote for Joe Biden. I know. I know. Oh my. Oh my God. <laughs> so forget it. You know. I thought it was more about his ego, but now his like his whole the idea of being so strong to the movement is like very questionable now with how he all. But it seems like you know Jill Stein and Jesse Ventura. I think very openly and honestly between them and the Greens, it was about ballot access. They weren't waving the Green party flag before or after. And that was okay. It's, you know, politics is transactional somewhat, whether you're a pure of heart politician like a Jill Stein or, you know, like, um, you know, or anything like that. So um, I think that's great that he's going to be with the green. I think, all right, I'll stop with this, right? I, I'm, I am so psyched now. I was so disappointed when it was MPP because they're going to, people are going to dig up those rocks. They're going to find out about that. And they're going to question Chris. A lot of people that don't either might know who Chris Cornell West is, but they don't know him the way we know him, let's say, or people that know him who are going to find out what a being he is, and at least they won't have to say, oh, what about this MPP bag? It's just the Green Party. I don't think people are going to pin him to the individuals at the Green Party. So this is freaking great news. Now I, now I can, like, you know, you know wow. <laughs> you know? Um, but speaking of just a segue into something else, and then I'll shut up. My time's about up here, I would say. Is that the team speaking to Teamsters? 
It's funny. I worked when I worked there. One thing they impress upon you with their orientation. In fact, they never used to do advertising. They were privately owned. Now they're owned by private equity, which is a big reason of why they suck so much because the union was strong even when they were corrupt there. I mean, I had dental. I had medical. I had a great part-time job that where they make as much now part-time as I made 25, 30. You know, I'm embarrassed to say how long ago. But if UPS goes on strike and it looks like they might, this is going to be the Mac Daddy because they have more trucks on the road. They have more Teamsters than anyone. This is going to be, this is going to make look, all these other, uh, you know, strikes that we've have had somewhat. It's going to be the Mac Daddy of all. So I'm really interested to see what happens at the end of July if this um, strike goes through. What do you, what do you get? What do you? Yeah, um, I might cover that on Thursday. I was trying to hold out a little bit to see what happens, um, to see if anything happens before Thursday, like if they go on strike tomorrow or something like that or Thursday morning. Um, but yeah, I've been paying attention to that too, because that is huge. I don't know if you guys know, but UPS is like, <laughs> like that's a significant postal carrier because like they're the ones I can really count on. Like if I know I need a package to like get to my parents by a certain time, like I know I can get that bad boy through UPS, not the post office. And so UPS does a lot of like on the ground deliveries and things like that too. So if they go on strike, that's actually going to be a big deal. I don't think people realize just how much they're utilized. Um, also, when you compare them to the United States, you know, postal, our United States post office, like UPS is probably second after that. They're they're very heavily used. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that, like you say, um, Shabby, they fly under the radar a bit because they're not just about consumer items, Amazon overnight with these guys that are just running around those drivers I, I i used to pack the trucks man i know what these guys do these guys are you know they're, they're professionals i mean this is not this is not a joke job you know what i mean and so the, it's, it's guys like the railroad guys in a way especially the truckers they're not it's not that advanced to just work in the thing but those like those railroad guys are highly skilled you know it's not like amazon warehouse workers are really getting less than they should that's that skill work too no question about it but railroad guys and a lot of these ups guys that's yeah i don't know it, it's a different it's going to shut us down in a way because like you said a lot of businesses really rely on ups for their deliveries because amazon can be not necessarily as reliable for the kind of things that they do and they like the old thing with ups said with logistics they were so ahead of the curve when they had to be when they had to start competing for real then they've stayed ahead of the curve on a lot of that, I think. So it's going to, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be a big deal, you know. And I guess, it, and like you were suggesting, I think, Savvy, they're already coming out about, oh my God, UPS is going to ruin our Christmas because we won't be able to get our, our stuff at Amazon. They're already going with that. I don't think it's going to fly this time. I think people are going to be behind. I think so. All right, let's bring in Chris. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sabrina, how are you tonight? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. Hello, Noel. Good to hear your voice again. Um, oh. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm calling. I'm basically going to second all the stuff that uh, Lance, is it Lance that was just talking? Yeah, Lance just said. Um, I really kind of was calling about the inside scoop on that whole Cornell West Green Party thing. Uh, and congratulations, mad uh, high praise to Case for getting the video for that. That's like, and Indie News Network is any is anybody here from that group? Um, I'm not sure. 
I don't see. Uh, anyway, congr- great job. I was Did you like know this was going to happen to be there, Case? Like, what's the deal with that? How did you know? <laughs> no, I, I did not know that there was going to be breaking news at the event. But I did <laughs> see, uh, I, I signed up for that event. I signed up for Working Strike Back, period. Um, but when they first came, when Sharmo first came, I think she went on um, Savvy. She might have went on your show. But when Working Strike Back first was created, and um, and then a guy named Matt, Matt, what's his last? Smith, I believe. And I'm trying to get him on my show. He worked for Sharma's uh, campaign staff in Seattle. And he called, he was doing calls to make sure people um, or let people know to go. So he called my cell phone and I said, hey, introduce myself. And um, so he reminded, I was going anyway, but he told me about the event. So I I went to that event and then I also went to uh, Katie Halper and Bree had an event the next day. So it was a very big. I bet. Well, that was, that was awesome. And I was, I was, I just like the last guy, I'm very happy to hear that he's going for the green. I didn't know that until you just said it. I didn't see the Twitter thing yet today. So, um, anyway, I'm, I'm ready to start. I live in Alabama. Say again. I said he has it out there. He must've, I think he posted it while it was live. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, I'm, I mean, I was ready to go out and try to start working for him in Alabama for the people's party, even with all the shit, but like, this is so exciting because it's, I don't know. It's just already like everybody's already said, it's got the, it already has certain ballot access in certain States. It's like an argument. Like I feel like I can make an argument for my friends to support Cornell West and strangers in my community to support Cornell West on a green party ticket in this time frame, in this time period, if people can get over the fear of electing Trump, you know, like that narrative, I feel like I can actually go out and, you know, speak to people about this and try to get ballot access for the Green Party in the state of Alabama. Um, and I'm a teacher, so I've got like a month <laughs> where I could go and like do some stuff. I don't know. I got to get in touch with some people and see what I should do. But I was just calling to see if you had any more like, super cool secret information you wanted to share with us about, you know, Cornell West switching to greens. You knew the scoop before it was the scoop. Yeah. Cause I had already heard from, um, green party members. So I, I actually knew yesterday that this was happening. Um, and I was like, all right, let's. Yeah. I'm encouraged by it. Um, and really excited. So I'm going to go look into that and I'll hop off. Um, Love y'all. See you later. All righty. Thanks so much. Let's go ahead and bring in Andrew and uh, go ahead, Eric. Do you have any sense, Sabrina, of exactly who was talking to whom in this Cornell Green conversations? Chris Hedges was the one who made the call. Chris Hedges was the one. Yeah. So what you saw in that video, he was the one that, you know, tried to, to set up the to set up the conversation. Any idea who they're talking to on the green side? Nah, probably the people, probably their comms, probably the people that are in leadership, probably. That's usually how it would work. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Sabby. Good night, or good evening, everybody. What's up? Uh, What are your thoughts on everything? I think... um, 
Well, yeah, something you mentioned earlier, I, I agree with, and that is that, well, I agree with you a lot of the times, Heavy, but when you said that Cornell um, may not be running to win the election, he may be running to build a third party. Um, from what he has said in his interviews, I don't get that sense, but it's certainly a possibility. Well, I, was... I would just say that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say at that point in time, that was when he was running under the People's Party. So just just keep that in mind, because I knew the People's Party did barely had ballot access. So I was like, it's probably just to build the third party movement. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know what People's Party is going to do now. Well, I don't know. The, Nick Braun will probably try to find someone else to run. But I mean, like, honestly, yeah. I don't know who else will be willing to step in that position, given the information that's known now. Yeah, and I gotta really credit you and um, and CJ especially for kind of clarifying a lot of that. Um, there's also this guy who uh, I only know through Colin. His name's Thomas. He was one of the board members that was purged from the People's Party. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's very clear that it's not really worth putting all that time and effort into uh, a campaign through the People's Party because mostly it would just benefit them. They didn't have anything to offer Cornell. And I think that even still, like if Cornell's goal is to win this election, I think he may actually still be better off running as an independent. Um, but if his goal is to try to kind of revitalize the Green Party and bring a lot of people into that, I think that's pretty worthwhile. I, I do I do feel like there's um, there could there could be a lot of utility to the Green Party being a regular force in the U.S. Congress. In the United States, I just don't think that the Green Party in the United States is going to um, really kind of be what people might hope it would out of a third party, which would be a party that can win majorities in the Congress and the Senate and the presidency and, you know, tons of local and statewide offices. Well, they have they um, have local and statewide offices. In fact, I've interviewed some of those people that hold those positions. I know. But yeah, I know. the problem is, and this is what I've been saying before, I think the Green Party, you know, holds itself back. And I've said you guys have to want to win. And by wanting to win, that means that you have to actually advertise. You have to have like, and I don't mean like you just put up uh, an advertisement on social media. You're going to have to have commercials. You're going to have to advertise. Yes, this does take money. But that's why I said it's important to have someone who's a big name. Because big names draw in more money. That's just the reality, right? Yeah. So I think that that's why I said before that I think that it needed to be someone with a big name. But I think the Green Party, you know, I've talked to some of my friends in the Green Party and they said, you know, they're going through some changes. And I think one of the big disagreements tends to be, you know, the Howie Hawkins faction of that party. And I have talked to a couple of Greens recently that are not. Well, I guess it's not just a couple, but I don't, the majority of the party from what it's explained to me is not in agreement with Howie Hawkins. And yeah, and I understand that. Yeah. I'm and I just think they're like, looking to go in a different direction. I mean, that'd be very good. Right. But I'm just saying from, um, from my understanding of American, I mean, unless they really start changing what they spend that money on, I don't, even if they do start spending it in, in really um, sensible ways on advertisements for elections, I don't really think that's um, really going to do it anymore. And I think like 
I, I didn't see your show earlier, so I'll go back and watch it, but I, I'm pretty well aware of what Case is doing with the mutual aid party. And I think that's the approach, right? Like a lot of people are not swayed by, you know, they, they look at any campaign ad, just like they look at any other advertisement that comes up on whatever sports they're watching on TV or whatever they're watching on YouTube. Um, and I, I think like with the green party in particular, you look at the green parties in other countries and they're really discredited. I mean, the green parties in all the other countries, which are loosely affiliated with each other, are all pretty much as Howie Hawkins as it gets. Like they're supporting the war against Russia. Uh, they're supporting um, all kinds of other things. And so I, you know, I voted for Jill Stein in 2016. And if Cornell sticks with the Green Party, I will most likely vote for them again this time. But I think it would be a different, I would feel more confident about them and their, their shot at like being a potentially dominant force in American politics. If they were, if they were like running all the local restoration, like ecology um, projects and community gardens and stuff, and they were doing it with volunteer and stretching the money as far as it could go uh, across the country. And I just don't really, I don't know, I don't see them doing that. And even then you still have this um, really crazy ideological um, conditioning in the United States to associate everything green with only the worst like green capitalist projects. Like a lot of people don't really have patience in their mind to, to hear out um, a pitch from the green party. They're going to associate it with all the worst, like sell out things that they associate with the word green. And so I feel like ultimately if Cornell wanted to build up a third party to be a dominant force and not just kind of a, a, a gravitational pull in the elections that's not designed to win the election, I would think probably an, an, a whole new party is in order. But this is not to say that I don't like the Green Party. Like, out of all the um, the parties that are around, they probably represent my, you know, an, an ideal that I would try to create in a lot of political ways. Um, you know, maybe there's better things, but I guess I'll I'll shut up for now. I just... I wanted to say, like, I think Cornell should still consider independent. I just wanted to briefly respond, um, Andrew. I think we have to look at this as an open field and we have to see the Green Party beyond what it has been in a historical context to see it as a vehicle. Um, I think about to Bernie Sanders run and the momentum he gained basically on the strength of speaking to the needs of the oppressed and underserved. And while I agree that the Green Party as is may not be the most best vehicle, but I think it is flexible enough to be transformed if you bring in, because think about it, if you bring in a, a, a super majority of people to make the party more robust, then those people come on the heels of what it is that a strong leader is talking about. And so therewith you can transform, you know, the vehicle into what you need it to be. And I think there are a lot of people within the current Green Party who are not just, you know, lockstep with what Howie Hawkins is doing and would be willing 
to receive the influx of new members and see the party made more robust and more viable as a third wheel in the um, American politics. So I see it as an open opportunity. And of course, the the uh, People's Party came with its own um, frailties and problems. And that's not to say that the Green Party is without, but it does have more ballot access. But I think anywhere you get the majority of the underserved and oppressed to really believe that someone is in it for them, someone hears them and is willing to fight on these issues and not betray them. I see there's a, a whole world of opportunity there. And I think the problems that present can be worked through. And and let's say if Cornell runs on the Green Party, and I think his his tweet said that he was seeking the nomination of the Green Party. So hopefully the Green Party will be receptive and he will win that nomination, whatever their process is. But I, I think we have to be open at this point, um, at least I am, to see this opportunity. I guess I'm, what I'm wondering, and is it, is it, I'll put this as a question out maybe to everyone who wants to answer it, is it time for all of us to join the Green Party and get in that process? I think it's it's almost that time, I guess. So my friend in the Green Party has been trying to get me to join the Green Party for a while. Um, and I, I told him, you know, me personally, I don't I don't feel comfortable joining parties anymore. I, I just I just really don't. Um, so I'm still a registered independent. But in my state, I don't have to be a part of a party to participate in, you know, their primary thing. Right. So I think um, different states, different things. And one thing I want to add is like. But if you guys want to join, you got, you know, feel free to do so. I just, I have, I have, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of baggage in reference to parties, <laughs> so to speak. What um, happens when Cornell comes to you and asks you personally, Savvy? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't think Cornell West would do that. Um, I don't think he would ask me to join the Green Party. Um, but I think that. Um, What's important to note is what Andrew said about him running as independent. The only problem with that is that in some states you have to be affiliated with a party. So that's the problem. That's why that's probably why he's not going the route of running as an independent. And um, very difficult road. Yeah. You'd have to make a huge part of your campaign just getting on the ballot. And all you'd these, have to be yeah. like Ross Perot. And it, it hasn't been that easy for independents since Ross Perot. So that's, I think that's a big part of the problem. Um, and then you don't really have a, a a large, you don't really have a large team behind you either. It's, it's very, very tough. Like Ross Perot was able to do it because he was a billionaire and we didn't have the same rules that we have now. So it was easier for him. But after Ross Perot, they changed the rules. They were like, oh, hell no, we can't let... <laughs> Uh, another independent get on the debate stage again. He just cost the election for George um, uh, Bush Bush Sr. But I feel like George Bush Sr., having watched those debates, I feel like he cost the election himself because he didn't show up prepared. But that's just me. I just um, wanted to make like one last response about the Green Party. I don't have, I don't personally dislike them, but I think that there may be a uh, sort of upper limit to their appeal across the country. 
in the same way that the Libertarian Party has an upper limit to their appeal across the country, they will get a lot of um, play with people who are non-voters or independents, but who lean more conservative. They might not vote that much, but they find themselves agreeing more with the Republicans and the conservative rhetoric. And with the Greens, you'll have a lot of the kind of non-voters and independents who are more on the left, which I would assume is the majority of this crowd here, and some of the Democrats ultimately. But I'm not really sure that they are. Uh, and, you know, it's like that's a that's a multi-year long process to um, to take over and reform the Green Party into a more capable organization, which I don't think would be a bad thing if that happened. But my, my thinking is like they're. For one thing, I don't think we're necessarily at the point where we're ready to build a party because, like, I kind of like what Workers Strike Back is doing. They're not, like, the ideal everything, so I, I don't want to bring them up as, like, that's some kind of a trump card in a conversation. But I think that their strategy of we're going to work on unionizing, we're going to work on local organizing, we're going to train people to do that, we're going to win some victories in local areas. And then I, I think that. The most formidable party that is really in a like with a really good platform and really effective people running it would be an expression of people who already are well organized and already have more sovereignty than we do. And I don't think that we are in a powerful enough place to create a party and kind of force it to bend to the democratic will of the people who actually have um, the best interest of the public at heart. I think that we, we can, you know, there's a lot that Cornell could do as a lone president without support of the Congress. And I think there's a lot that he would do and be very effective at. I don't think that it's insignificant. I also think if he grows the Green Party over this and maybe the next election cycle or two, that that would also be a good thing. I'm just saying that um, to take, to, to form a supermajority in the Green Party weed out the Howie Hawkins bureaucrats who currently control the levers of power against the democratic will of its members, that is a really tall order. I'm not saying it's impossible or not worth it. I'm just saying that if we're looking at um, a third party that can really be transformative and not just sort of a, a leftward pull on the democratic party, I would shoot for a whole new party. Yeah. And I, and I totally get that too, but I think, I think the problem is with the Green Party is that they have never had someone this well-known run before for president. I think that's why they don't have widespread name recognition. I think that's a big part of the problem. So I think that's something we have to keep in mind is that if Jesse Ventura would have ran with the Green Party in 2020, things could be different by now, you know, but that didn't happen. So the thing is, is like, They've never had someone this well-known and this popular run for president under the Green Party before. So I think this could be a game changer for the Green Party. Let's go ahead and bring in um, No War, and then I'm going to pivot to Ashura. What's going on, uh, hashtag No War? Just got to unmute. Hello. Hi, Savvy. Hello, Will. Um, all I, uh, I called in earlier for, because somebody had said something that I wanted to respond to. 
but I've forgotten what it was exactly. Um, I guess I'll just make a general comment. Somebody said something super anti-RFK and that he was, you know, super establishment. I watched that interview. I guess I just watched the interview with him and uh, on Breaking Points again, which I think was a better interview than the first Breaking Points interview. Um, there certainly wasn't the the aggressive uh, vaccine stuff at the end, like in the first interview. Um, I think RFK has some very problematic opinions. Um, I think the R, uh, the Israel stuff, certainly. Um, is is beyond disappointing um and the roger waters stuff is beyond disappointing um but he he is he's the only one to include from what i've heard uh cornell west who's talking about dismantling security agencies like cia and fbi and that is an important part of no, that's an important um, thing to me because well, no, he did he did actually I interviewed Cornell West and I asked him that same question. Okay, and I haven't listened to that. I haven't had a chance to check that out yet. Yeah. So I will. And what what was his response? His response was clean up and clean out. Okay. Which isn't full dismantle. That's a fit that's a fair position but it's not the same as dismantling which is i think rfk's position uh certainly with the cia so you know that's a that's a very important thing like like what were i watched trump's trump speak this evening from bedminster um after being arrested and and fingerprinted today you know let's be honest about what's going on with donald trump this is an attempt. I don't I don't think the CIA is willing to assassinate presidents or political figures in this country anymore. They certainly did in the 60s, and we all agree to that, and we know that. That's a fact. Um, but I, I don't think they're willing to assassinate political figures anymore. But what they're doing to Donald Trump right now is an attempt at assassination. It is, it's a public assassination uh, by putting him in a position where he's likely or potentially could go to prison for for decades or centuries well he's not going to live centuries but for the rest of his life essentially which is what they're attempting to do this is an assassination by the by the uh intelligence and military industrial complex in this country to put him away which is disgusting and makes people like me who would never vote for trump sympathetic to donald trump i don't understand anyway I think that we need to be more open about RFK and challenge him on his bad positions to include Israel and the things that he said about capitalism, certainly uh, in Glenn's interview yesterday. But he's willing to listen and he's more open-minded than any politician that we've had in a long time. And, uh, and he I, I think... He seems to be willing to listen to only certain people, though. And this is something that we were talking about earlier because... I know pretty much all of us that do uh, left media have reached out to interview RFK. RFK Jr. has not appeared on any left-leaning audience show since he announced. He hasn't even been back on Jimmy's show. Yeah, I've so, noticed. So that's, 
it's just something that we all of us have kind of noticed. Like, I, it's nice that he went on breaking points, but that's a conservative audience. It's nice that he's going on rising this week, but that's also conservative leaning. Like, it's nice that he went on Glenn's show. Love Glenn Greenwald. But again, that audience is conservative leaning. RFK Jr. hasn't been on Katie Halper's show. He hasn't been on Gray Zone. He hasn't been on Bad Faith. Like, I know everybody has reached out. So why? Yeah, I mean, on the subject to... of Katie Halper, though, it's like, it's like Katie Halper is a known friend of Marianne. And I think there's been a strong issue of people who are tight with Marianne being unfair interviewers of or interviewers of, yeah, but of that doesn't, uh, that people that doesn't... aren't. Marianne so I mean right, but, but, but that the overall point you're like, making I just would just include uh, Katie from that from that because but that, Katie but that, doesn't, that didn't stop him from going back on breaking points and talking with Crystal Ball and he knows that Crystal Ball is also really close friends with Marianne so you and see her, what I'm saying agree and, and, and Marianne and her uh, interview of RFK I think partially especially the vaccine stuff was a, a hit job because of her friendship. Personally, that's my personal opinion. Other people can have a different opinion or a different take on it, but you know, right? but he I, went back there. That's, that's the did. point that I'm trying to make. He did. He did. And he hasn't been on Jimmy. He hasn't been here. He hasn't been on RBN. He hasn't been on, you know, he's, he's missed a lot of places that he should. I, I agree with you on that. A hundred percent. My point about RFK simply is that he is, saying some right things about the military industrial complex and if we get somebody like look this is what i see cornell green party the the important thing with the green party is getting to five percent and getting uh, matching funds and cornell's not going to win as much as i support him i will vote for him i'll cast my vote for somebody that doesn't has a, have a d next to their name um in all likelihood but looking at the situation where maybe joe biden doesn't make it to the election in november of 24 in in 18 months and kamala's the incumbent then and i mean this is just gaming out super you know scenarios that are probably unlikely but could happen well, then RFK probably wins the primary because it's RFK versus Kamala and Marianne no, would, out of those he three. Not, he would not win. They would put in Gavin Newsom. They would put in Joe Manchin. They could put anyone in that spot that would the DNC would agree with. The DNC is not going to let RFK Jr. win a primary race. He's not going to be the Democrat nominee. Marianne Williamson is not going to be the Democrat nominee. And the thing is, Dennis Kucinich, who's his campaign manager, who was a part of Congress, knows right. this. He knows what the Democratic Party is a very, yeah, he's right. very astute. Right, he knows what the Democratic Party did to him. And right. I noticed something today. I forgot to mention this tonight, like during the show, but I noticed today that RFK Jr.'s poll numbers also went down. Ever since that whole incident of him deleting that tweet and that whole controversy with Roger Waters, his numbers have gone down now. That's so not I think that's another thing. Like his his stance on Israel and Palestine is a no go for me. He is I also agree. 
he's corporate backed. He's not that different as people think. Yeah, he may be a little bit radical on certain issues, but RFK Jr., anytime you're backed by David Sachs, um, you're backed by the crypto guys and the tech well, wait, guys. Is, is he backed by David Sachs? Because yeah. I thought David Sachs was backing DeSantis. He's so. backing both of them. He also did a fundraiser for Rokana. David Sachs doesn't care. He's just trying to raise money for the people that he thinks is going to fit his interest. So the thing be is, he's talking that, shit about David Sachs on his own app. He might come Yeah, up. so what? I don't care. I, I <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Before. But I mean, the, the thing is, is that he's backed by those people. So I said this recently in a stream. I said, why are all these crypto and tech people, why are they all getting behind RFK Jr.? Why are they getting behind Ron DeSantis? We need to start asking these questions. What happened to no corporate money? How did we go from people go from Bernie Sanders? We need to be grassroots to, okay, well, we like this guy because he's good on some war issues. I know he's corporate funded, but it's okay. No, it's not okay. Where the money comes from is a problem. I agree that it's not okay that certain positions he has has are red lines for me, and it's not the vaccine issues; it's it's other issues, um, like Israel and his you know the Roger Waters stuff and him calling himself a a strong uh, capitalist. Those are all problems. That's better than Biden, though. My only point is he is in a position if. To I, I don't know. I think he does have a a potential uh, avenue to win if Biden were to. I'm not wishing death on him, but if he were to die, it's a total possibility. He's in a, you know he's 80 and is clearly not in the best health. I see an. Now, I don't think so in the Democratic Party. Like this, this is the thing. Like. A lot of the people, and I covered his announcement on the ground, so I know all the people that were in that room were not Democrats. And Eric can tell you, too, because Eric was with me. So the thing is, is like he has support across different like political ideologies. But if this guy is backed by Silicon Valley and he is corporate to the T, what is he actually going to do for the people? So he says on the Breaking Points interview today, when they talk about the minimum wage, living wage, he don't even know. Yeah. So, so what, what, well, what is he going to do for the people? What do you mean you don't know? The minimum wage has been $7.25 an hour for how long? And you haven't thought about this and you want to be president? Give me a break, guys. Come on. No, you make a, a, a very, very good point there. And so that's very true. I just, you know. In a system where we're electorally really just fighting for for you know a few points better, clearly RFK is a few points better. I think he does have a path to the nomination. I hear your critique that they probably won't let him, or or your position that they probably wouldn't let him. I think he is a Democrat. His name is Kennedy, and I I think if anybody has a chance that's a little bit of an outsider to get into the nomination and to win the presidency, it's him because he has the crossover repeal. He has conservatives and Republicans that support him and would vote for him. And I think that's too powerful for the DNC to, to deny 
If but some of those Biden, are all those conservatives that like RFK Jr. Are they willing to switch their party affiliation so that they can vote for him in the Democrat primary? See, that's another or, issue because yeah, depending on. Yeah. So th- this is what I'm saying, like, depending on what state you live in, in some states like you can't vote in the Democrat primary unless you are registered as a Democrat. And that would have to be done beforehand. So it depends on what state you live in. So there's that. And then also, if Trump is still in this race around this time and he's he's not in jail, he's still in this race. I don't see that many people leaving Donald Trump and moving over to RFK Jr. So that's another thing, too. But the reality is, even if he has the support, it doesn't matter. The DNC will just rig it. There's a lot of COVID uh, distrust of of Trump because he's been so pro-vax. But 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 what I'm saying is, even if the people want RFK Jr., it does not matter because the DNC will rig it just like they did to Bernie Sanders. The people wanted Bernie Sanders, no war. Bernie Sanders multiple times was number one in the polls. The people wanted him. Thousands of people showing up to his rallies. The people came out heavily to support. So the people wanted Bernie Sanders. But the DNC, they knew that and they rigged it. So this is what I'm trying to tell you. If they see that someone like RFK Jr. starts to build that momentum, like a Bernie Sanders did, which I don't see him doing at this point, but it's still early, but build the momentum like a Bernie Sanders did, they're going to come in and crush him just like they did Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I'm just gaming out. I, I hear you and, and generally agree with you, Zabby, on that. Um, I'm gaming out the Biden dies in office sometime this year before the primary next year situation and seeing like that's his only chance otherwise they are going to the dnc is going to be in a bad position if biden does you know perish in the next year before the primary or in the next eight or nine months rather before the primary they're going to be in but a here's bad the thing no more if, if even if this year you know who who can they put up it's, here's the thing even if even if Biden should pass, the DNC and the Democratic Party and their funders are going to craft the decision that they think is best for them. There is nothing written that says, oh, if if um, Biden dies, Kamala automatically, you know, ascends to the nomination. They're going to sit down and figure out who they think is going to be the one it has not it has very little to do so when you say you're gaming out if something happens to biden if anything happens to biden the dnc and the democratic elite are going to figure it out and they're not going to do anything that seems like it would give leverage to someone who would be in the interest for the people. They're not for the people. Therefore, they're donors and funders. So if anything unforeseen happened, we know that they're going to step in and whatever comes of it is going to be what they believe to be best for the status quo. It's not like all of a sudden they're going to say, oh, okay, we have to go with this this guy who's popular. It's like, oh no, we're going to pick. And, and that's why I believe RFK is trying to run to the left of the right, but he is not running to the left because he's trying to leave himself in that space, you know, but the reality is 
there is nobody in the current system in terms of the the um, duopoly who is for the people. There just isn't. And the machinery is against anybody coming in. We went from Barack Obama, then we have Trump, and none of these people are for the interest of the masses. And that's just the reality of the system. So for me, our best option has to be a third party build out, be it through the Green Party, be it through something that starts up. But the, we are voiceless in this system because both parties represent the elite. And just like we saw with Ross Perot, when it comes down to it, if that duopoly is threatened, they come together to change the system and make it less likely that a third voice can be heard. And Boy, and we've just seen you. that through the year. You remember what happened to Perot. They they made up some bullshit about him, got him to drop out and then jump back in. And he still pulled like 20 percent in 92 and yeah. and caused Bush to lose and, and Clinton to win. So you're right about all that. I just. The only thing that I would say in response is that I don't know if the DNC is prepped right now for for Biden. I think they're all in on Biden. And if if they've been prepared before for these things, they were prepared for Bernie and they knew how to deal with it. I don't think they're brainstorming right now on on what they're going to do if Biden dies in office especially if it gets really close to primary, if it's close to primary time. I know, disagree. They're, they've already planned this out. Listen, if, if that happens, which I'm sure they've been thinking about this, there is Gavin Newsom. They're already talking about Gavin Newsom, which they've been talking about him for a while. There's also Joe Murphy, Manchin Murphy. who's thinking about running through that no, no rules party or whatever. Like there's, there's other people that they have in the back of their mind that they could prop up to put in that spot. That's the thing. Like they're not stupid. They, they understand. So they know that Biden's health is a risk. So sure. They're thinking about this. They also know that Kamala Harris is not exactly favorable. So they understand that as well. This is why Gavin Newsom just did an interview recently. That's not for nothing because they're thinking about him too. Right why you see him popping back up in the news totally you're definitely right about that i just i don't know maybe it's me being hopeful i just think that maybe if 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 biden does die at end of the year this year or, or next early winter or even during the primary i don't know if the dnc has enough power to come they did it with hillary in 20 or in 16 they did it uh with biden in 20 but they had the ground game and they had the idea for months or or year if biden dies i don't I, it's maybe it's just me being hopeful maybe you guys are right i and i maybe even tend to agree with you and i'm maybe just being hopeful but if the time is tight and there's a time crunch and they have to or or Biden, even if he doesn't die, he becomes clearly mentally challenged and cannot continue as president. Or maybe they'll, you know, weaken it, Bernie it with him like they've done with Diane Feinstein. But uh, maybe I'm just being hopeful. I guess I could say that six times, which I just literally did. Um, I'll move on and let the next person speak. Uh, I appreciate y'all's time. I'm just being hopeful. I ho I hope that 
I'd love to see RFK run against Trump. I think in that situation, RFK runs. I think if it's Biden versus Trump right now, Trump's going to win. Even in sitting as an indicted man, he's going to win. And so, but I think RFK can beat him. And I'd love to see a situation where a Green Party guy can win. And I support Cornell uh, running as a Green Party candidate. I've voted Green Party the last two presidential cycles. A little sad about the last vote. Very excited about the 2016 vote. Still excited. I think Jill Stein would have been a great president. Um, But, you know, between Biden and Marianne and RFK, I pick RFK. Between RFK and and Trump, I pick uh, RFK. I don't know. It's all it's it's crazy, and I think going back to something that RBN says all the time, and you say all the time, electoral politics isn't the end solution. We're here talking about electoral politics, and I, I think there is a role it plays, but ultimately, you know. It's not the the fix at this point because of the way, as Noel and, and you, Sabi, have said, the DNC controls things and the parties control things. And it's a duopoly or a, or a you know, one-party rule system. Um, and you guys are probably right. I'm just trying to be hopeful. So thank you for, for all y'all time. All right, no war. Okay, let's bring in, um, I'm going to go to Ashura and then I'm going to bring in Jay. What's up, Ashura? I just got to unmute. I know you've been waiting for a minute. Are you sure it's the real one? Hmm? <laughs> I said, are you sure it's the real Ashura? I think so. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently Bryce was fucking with me, him and Notori. Because I, I, I seriously thought he was joking. I thought it was real. Notori got involved. And I was like, fuck, it must be real. <laughs> I don't know about that, but what's up? Uh, doing good. What about you? You keep me out of trouble because your your name kind of popped up on Twitter on YouTube. What? Yeah, um, I was, you know, uh, do dissidents had that um, they had that uh, thing with Jordan Sheridan on Sunday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Kit did a video on Monday, and some clown came into the stream, and he was naming you personally. He named you by name, but RBN, the other guys on RBN, he decided to call them RBN. And he said that you guys were a bunch of uh, uh, hypocrite, anti-war people. Oh, I know who this, I already know who this person is. They've already already contacted me multiple times. I really don't care. I'm like, then he brings up the fact about your husband, what he does. I'm like, did, I'm like, what the fuck? Didn't we go through this again? Didn't we, didn't she talk about this? Why are you bringing that shit up in the chat? And he didn't answer me. I fucking commented. I'm like, why are you bringing this up? Yeah, I already know who those people are. It's just a bunch of trolls. I don't really care. Anyway, what's up? Uh, uh, Listening to RFK basically uh, (laughs) falling, stumbling like Joe Biden. Although Joe Biden stumbling is funnier. I I do find it funny that your your last caller was hoping for him to die, (laughs) even though he said he doesn't, but he (laughs) can't repeat again. I'm like, yo, like you dude, you want Joe Biden to die. Just just own it, man. Don't say you don't want him to die. We all want Joe Biden to fall and die. If he breaks his neck by something, we won't care. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I mean, did you you see this the last video when Joe Biden fell? And people people blame something that, that made Joe Biden fell. People said it was something behind him, like where? I don't see anything. 
I didn't what, see anything. I didn't see anything. Like, what the fuck did they make him fall? There wasn't nothing there. And people are just saying, it's like, yo, how, wh- how many mental gymnastics you got to be for to say that Biden is not fit for office? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's that point where, uh, you remember that thing about the Easter Bunny? I seriously believe, I'm not that much conspiratorial, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, I've seen too many like movies where you, must, you have the Secret Service will basically dress as a character within the, there's like a festival just to protect the president. Why was the Easter Bunny so focused on Joe Biden when Joe Biden was wanting a ray? <laughs> I mean, you're the Easter Bunny, man. Just entertain people. Why are you following Joe Biden? And assure it for me, it wasn't just that he failed, but how he failed. <laughs> when you look at the footage, that was an old man fall. He wasn't <laughs> able to just get back up. He looked like an old man who was, you know, lost his balance and this and that. And I'm like, dude, it's just time. You know, it's time. And but tell that to the media, Noel. Tell that to the media. It's always some bullshit mental gymnastic why he fell. Like the one about the bike, he fell. You fell on a bike? That's it. That was that was funny. Yeah, he fell on the stairs up to the plane. He fell for that. I mean, people made fun of Donald Trump having paper toilets stuck to his shoe. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's gonna be a joke, uh, twenty twenty four. I mean, I hope Cornell wins. And I was like, oh, I was in the chat. I was like, yo, poor sad Nick Brana right now. No. <laughs> I, I was like, what happened? I, I was like in the chat. I commented, what happened to Nick Brana? Like, what did Nick Brana say? Like that grip just went away. He'll probably try to find someone else to run. Oh, good luck on that. Oh, I wish him very good luck on that because if he picks a new guy, nobody's going to fucking touch it. No, I think that he's better off focusing on that, um, the anti-war coalition that he's been doing with like Jose and that kind of stuff. Like, Yeah, because uh, I mean, like you said, uh, um, MPP is an LLC, right? So they, I'm pretty sure they get funded by, they get some funds by the government, right? It's a pack. Okay. So they they don't get like a little bit of money. I don't know. Okay. I know they they had like money, like there were people that donated to to MPP. I know that like they were asking for donations. Okay. Oh uh, uh, well, it's like it's too there. There are a bunch of people that are sad. Nick Brown is sad. Uh, Crystal and Kyle, I think they're sad because they tried to smear. <laughs> Cornel West by associating associate with the People's Party. Well, he's no longer there. He goes into the Greens. Marianne's numbers are going to drop even faster. Well, what's funny to me is all the people who said, this is ridiculous, I can't get behind it because it's People's Party, he should be running Green Party. Okay, right. well, now that it's Green Party, I'm willing to see how many of those people are going to be like, oh, okay, I can get on board now. Or how many of them are going to be like... They're not going to fucking do that. Like They just wanted to exactly. bitch about it. They wanted exactly. to bitch because he's not going into the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Right, because they they want they want Cornell to say, "Well, I didn't win, but we gotta basically vote uh, brother Biden." Oh, fucking hate when he says that shit. We gotta vote <laughs> brother Biden. I'm like, oh, I I could I don't think I couldn't take it. Cornell telling people to go vote Biden. I asked him about that, so 
I think I convinced him not to do it. I think I did. <laughs> well, good job on that. I think he wanted you to be on the team because uh, you seem to have a way to go right into Cornell for some reason. Well, listen, my whole thing was, look, I'm going to get everything out about the People's Party right now so that there's no surprises later on because you don't want to get caught off guard about the People's Party if you go on like Mehdi Hassan's show. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine if Mehdi Hassan, like, treats Dr. West the way he treated Matt Taibbi. Like, let me go ahead and get all this shit out now. So it's all said about what has happened with the People's Party, accusations and all that stuff. So you don't have to. It's easier, I think, to take it from me than to take it from, like, Mehdi Hassan. Yeah, because what, what, because if Nick Brana's not going on mainstream media to defend himself or talk about the shit that happened with him, they're gonna they're gonna use Cornell as a proxy for Nick Brana, and that's gonna be all the questions they're gonna ask um, uh, Cornell West. They're not gonna care about his policies. That's gonna be the juicy bit. Say that somebody got raped, and that's gonna be the thing that clicks for people. You're in a party, and there's a rapist there, and that's it. They're yeah. like, oh, we can't support this. They might even try to times up me too, fucking Doctor Cornell West through Nick Brana. No. Yeah. There's no more times up organization, by the way, you guys. That was uh that is Dunzo. Um I reported on that a while back, um, because the organization wasn't true to its word and also there was a money grab, it was connected to the Democratic Party. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened with Times Up. But um Which one was but, made by the black woman? I remember there was one made by a black woman. Was it Me Too or me Time's too. Up? Me too. That was Me Too and Alyssa Milano co opted it. Yeah, she tried yeah, to, tried to say it was her phrase. So so that shit's gone. I don't know about me too. I know time's up is gone. Uh, I mean, every time these these uh, fucking elites get their hands in it, they'd fucking destroy anything. I mean, they can't they can't have small people have anything for themselves. They got to get into it. And I, I see people buy too much into celebrities. They just let them in. It's like inviting the wolf to your house, and he fucking eats you while in the house yeah no it's true the other thing i was going to mention too was that um you know if he were to get that pushback if he was still with people's party he could always throw it back in their face and say i'm sorry doesn't president joe biden have sexual assault allegations well that's the thing they pretend that it doesn't happen i'm like i think there was like more than tara reed said there was more than one woman that came out there were 11 11 it was 11 altogether, if I remember correctly. Oh, Tara Reid is the only one I know. I don't know about the, the other 10. Right, because Tara Reid is the one that they basically tried to make an example out of. Mm. Yeah, there were multiple women. I think some of them might have been threatened also, and maybe they decided to pull back. I don't know. But Tara Reid has been the one that's still been trying to fight this fight. I I initially thought when I saw your thumbnail about the Tara Reid thing, I thought you meant oh Russia denied her like her the citizenship over there. I thought that was going to be the, the 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 topic. I don't even know if she has the citizenship yet. Um, I'm trying to get um Tara Reid to come on next week. I'd I'd have to I would have to record an interview with her and then premiere it because because of the time difference. So, cause she can't come on my show in the evening anymore. Oh, you, cause that's you, like two o'clock in the morning for her. Yeah. You, you'd have to do it at night. 
uh, I'd have to do it like at 11 a.m. or something like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's the time differences. Yeah. Just like when I interviewed Claire Daly, I had to interview Claire Daly at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, did you see the... Well, did you talk about the oh, way you were there, the the Fox coming after Tucker Carlson for that Twitter shit? No, I haven't talked about that yet. I'll probably talk about it on Thursday. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's it's so many stories this week. Like the actually the past couple of weeks, I'm like, geez, there's been so many stories. Sometimes it's hard to pick, to be honest. That's why I tell you to uh, quit coming on on Tuesday. Just go back on Monday and go go on break on Tuesday. Go take your break on Tuesday. No, I can't the- do Monday because of work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it always seems that the juicy stories always come on Monday. Yeah, but then also. Also, Monday evening, Jimmy is also live that time, too. Oh, I don't know what time Jimmy streams nowadays. Well, he's, he wasn't live this past Monday because he was on tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he'll be on Do Dissidents Thursday. I think I'm going to stream earlier Thursday, you guys. That way you guys can see the Jimmy. That way we're not overlapping. So I, I think I'm going to try to see if I can go live at 6 p.m. on Thursday and end and then everybody can bounce over to do dissidents to see the jimmy interview so what time is it eight o'clock it's at 8 p.m on their channel okay. yeah because i want to see that interview too so <laughs> I, I, I hope i hope they don't, they don't let jimmy take control <laughs> of that stream because jimmy has a way when he starts talking he, he takes control of the stream it was nice to meet him again in part well actually that was my second time meeting him because the first time I met him at the rally a couple months ago, but it was my first time meeting Steph in person. So it was uh, nice to meet them in person. Are they like both tall people when you see them in person? Everybody is taller than me, sure, except for Chris Hedges. Oh, uh, I, I guess, I guess. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. I'm dead not kidding. Like Chris Hedges and Afini are the only people I remember meeting that are not taller than me. I'm five five. It's not like I'm like um. Oh, I'm not like five so foot one or I'm not. I'm not short. Short. So you can you can only I'm, I'm you five, can only five. win. So you can you can only win against Chris Hedges and Athenian height. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. That's why when I saw the picture of Case, I was like, "Holy crap!" I didn't know Case was tall because oh, in the videos, I was like, "Wait, that's Case study?" Oh, okay. I didn't know he was that. I don't know he was buff, but. <laughs> Okay. I think it's because the way Case has his camera positioned, he looks he looks short, right? He look, he look tall to me. He look buff and tall. Right. But like so when I saw him in the picture standing up, I was like, whoa, Case is tall. So yes, Case Study is taller than me. Um, what was interesting, like the Bank sisters, I thought they were tall. And then when I met them in person at Camp Dada, we're all the same height. So it's just, it's, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when you finally meet people in person and you're like, oh, well, damn. Like, um, I think Jose is taller than me too. If I'm, if I remember correctly, we met, we met at, um, the anti-war rally. Um, yeah. Colin, also Colin from Indie News Network. He's taller than me too. Is Roger the same thing? Roger big, uh, taller than you? I haven't met Roger in person I yet. You met Roger? I thought you met Roger. 
No. Nope. I haven't been to New York in a bit. Mm. Oh, yeah, he lives in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll just finish on the RFK thing. It's like RFK, I mean, he had he had his go, he had his thing going, he had 20 points, and he's losing all the goodwill that he built. Some people say it's about the COVID thing, he got the goodwill thing with the lockdowns and all that shit, but he was pro that shit. He was pro vaccines. He was pro vaccines and he, he was he was a Russia gator. So I'm like yeah. I mean he did he did admit on the interview with Glenn Greenwald, he did say that he did change his position in reference to Russia Gate. Yeah. Well, I can't really fault him on the Russia Gate thing too much because I used I used to Russia Gate too. And that was like fucking Jake Uger and his like fucking segments of picking like that weird uh, clock noise. I actually never believed in Russiagate. I never thought that that was real. Just because, like, growing up, like I said, there was so much Russophobia. Like, there was so much anti-Russian sentiment, like, through my childhood, I remember. Like, watching movies and TV shows where it was just so negative about Russia. Like, I was just like, really? Especially when, like, I met people... Um, in real life that were from Russia, Russia, not like, you know, my great, great grandfather is originally Russian, like, but people that were like fresh off the boat uh, from Russia, very, very different compared to how Hollywood would portray them or what our U.S. government would say about people from Russia. So it's just, I, I never believed Russiagate. That is one thing I will say that secular talk was a hundred percent correct about that the well, Russia thing was was not was not true and we're wasting our time with that. Well, you can't say that now because Kyle Kyle has a habit of basically now going back on his words now that he's married to, you know, the ball. Mm. Now that she's married to her, like anything Kyle said back then, he's he's reneged on it and he basically says now it's a hoax. No, not real hoax. He says uh, the January 6th is basically was real. And he was like making a bunch of these dumb videos showing the rest, uh, thing. They, they did the video about them together saying Trump got arrested. I mean, they, they were giddy and happy in that video. I'm like, they, they look like a bunch of, bunch of shit lips. Where's that same push to arrest Joe Biden, though? Well, where's that same? Happen. Yeah, where's that same giddiness? that Joe Biden needs to be arrested, you know? That's not going to happen because <laughs> Kyle Kalinske is a real fucking hypocrite. I don't know if you ever saw this clip where Saudi Arabia mocked Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. They did a skit and they mocked him. And Kyle Kalinske was mad because Saudi Arabia mocked him. And he was like, oh, nobody gets to mock our presidents. Only we get to do that. I'm like, yo, why are you the arbiter of like who, who gets to fucking mock whom? It's comedy. Because at the end of the day, when Marianne does not win, don't be surprised. They may say, vote for Joe Biden. That's why. Of course they're going to do it. <laughs> I mean, Kyle, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle votes Joe Biden with Crystal Ball telling him, you're not walking into the house if you don't vote Joe Biden. Mm. <laughs> Let's bring in Jay. Jay, just got to unmute. I don't want to forget about you, Jay. Jay? Oh, man. I think this happened with Jay before. Is his name Jay? JG. Sorry. JG. 
for some reason it only shows one letter. JG, I'm going to invite you to speak, okay? I don't know what's happening with you. But you haven't um, unmuted, so I don't know. I don't know, Jay. Oh, well, I invited you to speak. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a second. Let's go to Case. Case, hey, please ask hey. anyone um, any questions about the mutual aid party. Yeah, I I, I jumped out for a moment because I I I, I uh, fell asleep for a second and um. But I want to ask you a question real quick, Sabrina. Can I ask you uh, and the and the chat as well? I want to ask you a quick question. With the you know, I've been trying to push this force the debate hashtag for a while, and I wonder, and I'm thinking about this when August comes and the Republicans have are starting to have their debates. I think that right now I'm trying to put pressure on the DNC to debate Marianne Williamson and to debate. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because I think that would be a very interesting spectacle. But um, I think the the pressure should move to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Marianne to debate, you know, on a, a good platform. You know, I, I heard you and Kim talk about this, but I'm wondering if we should push for them to include Carnell West. What do you think? Well, he's not a Democrat, so well, he's not. He's That's not the question. I I know. I mean, you might want to say if you could word it somewhere, some way different, differently to have them all in the same room without it being a Democratic primary debate. Yeah, that would be that would be good. And by the way, Casey, you're, you're the one who came up with the force of debate thing. I'm trying to push it. I'm trying to push it right now. Okay, I thought it was Katie. I thought it was like Katie Pelper or the Crystal Ball or something because I I found that force of debate thing. It was like a a dumb a dumb shit like. I didn't like the how it sounded. Oh damn! I was trying to go off of force the vote because uh, yeah, that's, that's, the thing. that's why it sounded like force the vote. I'm like, God damn it! Are they trying to basically <laughs> try to yeah jab Jimmy Dore you know, or something like that? Any, anything that goes wrong, you know, we had Watergate and then everything's Russiagate and then this gate. So I thought I'll piggyback off of force the vote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I was going to say, um, I remember Case actually had that hash or that phrase as a part of your Twitter. Yeah, it still is. Like, yeah, that's where I first saw it. Um, yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, CJ and I differ on this. Like, I feel like even though I don't support Marianne Williamson or RFK Jr., I still feel like people should be able to debate. And here's the reason why. Yeah. I also feel like third party candidates and independent candidates should be able to debate too. And I feel like mm -hmm. Dr. West should be able to debate. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And for me, like the DNC telling people we're not going to have debates. I feel like that's a form of censorship. I feel like you're silencing people and you're not allowing people to hear their voice. And I have a problem with that. So my thing is, is like in reference to resources, what I said to CJ was just like, he said, working class people should not put their energy into this. And I totally hear that. And I said, then don't let them do it. Let the people who have the resources and the time put their, their money into it. Because here's the thing, even with force the vote, like I watched like the town halls, like I agreed with force the vote and everything. Did I donate to force the vote? No, no. Like I just, I, yeah. I, I just could I couldn't like that was actually at that time we had just like um, moved into our house. 
So I really did not, <laughs> I don't know if you guys, once you move into a house, like I really didn't have like money to spend on things that were not household items. And then there were things that we had to pay to get fixed in reference to the house that we found out later on, of course, after we moved in, go figure. But I didn't really have it. I supported the the force to vote strategy. I watched town halls. I agreed with all of that, but I didn't donate any money because I just couldn't Wait, afford to. For, force to vote, ask for money? There were, if I remember correctly, during the town hall, weren't they taking donations case? I don't know. It seems like I don't remember that they were asking for money. I think it was just like a general uh, public square. Yeah, I don't remember them asking for money either. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I hope that's not Nick Brano basically behind the scenes asking people <laughs> for, for money because they even there said that he. Fun, there wasn't a fundraiser. Maybe I'm thinking about something else. I thought yeah, because I'm like I don't remember it was a fundraiser. No. They were just people talking. People basically telling their stories. I don't remember yeah. them asking for money. What about yeah, the one remember. on the ground? Uh, I think maybe at the the rally for thing for peace, like the anti-war rally, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Maybe that but might be what I'm thinking about. I don't know. I, I there's been a lot of fundraisers. Because <laughs> I know, because I know at the rally on Twitter, Nick Brana was basically sending websites to basically send money. Yeah. But uh, Sabrina, if you ever do uh, interview Marianne Williamson again, I would be curious if, if you don't mind me suggesting the question, if she would debate Carnell West in, um, or you know, if she would debate him or ask for him to be able to participate in debates, because we know Ross Perot was able to participate, so I think he should be able to. But you know, we'll see. They reached out today. I don't know if I want to do it because I feel like <laughs> I already this already happened. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. Wasting your potential. But um, I, well, I'm going to stay until twelve. But if anybody have any questions about the mutual aid party, and then I'm going to jump out. So, but much love. You know, you know, Cornell would want you on her team, his team, Sabrina. Just take it. No, I'm just saying. Like I don't. I don't know what else I would ask now that we didn't already ask. Just That's take questions. Question. Just take questions from, from the from, from the chat, your sub uh, RBN chat, HML chat. Know. Just take questions from people. I don't know. Then I also kind of feel like if I if I say no, then I feel like that's bad too. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's not bad. Just if you don't want to do it, I mean, it's I, I, I'd be sad too. But Sabrina, I would say if you have no new questions, Tasker, then then you could just tell her like, "Hey, I, I don't have any new answers." Sabrina, so just because you don't want to do the opposite of what um Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is doing to you, you don't want to do the opposite to her. Yeah, that's I what I was gonna say. Thing. Just tell her she's in the queue. No, <laughs> no, no, that's just the no. no. <laughs> I know I has jokes. Oh, that's the way they do it, baby. Just tell them they in the queue. <laughs> yeah, in the queue. <laughs> no, I Max Blumenthal, was- it's funny. Someone said Max Blumenthal said the same thing, that he was in the queue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's funny, though. You, I, I didn't, I didn't, I never really thought about it the way you said it, Sabrina. He's going on all the networks that seem conservative because it seems like that's where he's going because he probably knows that he's not going to get most of the Democratic vote. But why aren't you trying to go on leftist? You know, people consider this a progressive. Is it because you know you're not progressive? 
because that whole twenty thousand dollar fucking ticket party at Silicon Valley is making me scratch. He's not. Pr- he's not progressive though. Yeah, he's not progressive. He doesn't even. Yeah, I never said he with- was. Medicare for all is the easy one, right? Like that's the big no brainer, like to be progressive. So he don't even support that. So the thing is, is like maybe Dennis Kucinich may have told him you may want to, you know, if you have want to have a fair chance, you may not want to go on to those progressive shows. And I say this because you guys got to remember when Dennis Kucinich was in Congress when uh, Bill Clinton was president. And you'll see this if you watch that show, American um, Crime that's on uh hulu called impeachment they have different ones they have the oj one they have the johnny um johnny versace one and now they have the impeachment one one of the things that's said by bill clinton is i got that crazy progressive dennis kucinich (laughs) so what people have to understand is before there was the squad there was dennis kucinich and there was cynthia mckinney and you guys see what congress did to them you see what the democratic party did to them they pushed them out they redrew Dennis Kucinich district, so he didn't have a district. So the thing is, maybe Dennis Kucinich warned him, may not want to go on them left shows because I was a progressive and this is what happened. So RFK Jr. has not called himself a progressive. He defined himself at his announcement as an old an old school Democrat. So I think people need to pay attention to that. And I, I've said this before, like, bruh, you can't even agree with Medicare for all. And you're an environmental lawyer. So you've been to these communities that have been devastated by like environmental disasters and you don't agree that we need to have Medicare for all? Make well, it make- did, Yo, that's what, what I'm I do saying, find savvy. That's what I'm saying. Make it make sense. Would you tell the people of East Palestine, Ohio, they shouldn't have Medicare for all right now? Apparently it's Medicare for Medicare for what, what was it? Medicare plus whatever the fuck he said it was. You said, I agree with that and and, and maybe a public option. No, think about it, guys. If he agreed with like Medicare for all, he supported Medicare for all. Do you think like crypto and tech dudes would be backing him and funding him right now, hosting like thousand, $10,000 plate dinners at their house for him? No. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they probably know they, he, I don't know what type of censorship RFK is not into, but if there's some censorship that he would be okay with, you could just wiggle him to be okay with some censorship. That's why these guys are not afraid with afraid of him. They they were hosting parties for him, so they see you not as a threat. Hmm. Well, let's bring in Jay. I don't know what happened to you, hon, but I'm gonna bring in um Brady. Brady, you're on the mic. Just gotta unmute. We'll bring you in. Up, Sabby. Sounds like everyone's finally ready to have the proxy conversation about the proxy party. And what I'm hoping is that we could just start a whole new, even though the Greens are great and they got Cornell West now, that's cool. But like the Green Party platform, I think, could use a little work. It could be it could be even more progressive. There are changes that could be made to the Green Party that to make them more transparent more democratic, all that kind of thing. So I've been working on a hella tight platform for the last few years. And I've got about 70 points together that are like really solid platform ideas. And I need about 30 more ideas to have like a full list of 100. And right now the top five parts of the platform are providing clean, free water, totally subsidized, free, clean, organic food, totally subsidized, 
free housing, totally subsidized, free electricity, communications, subsidized, subsidized, and then free healthcare at the very end, totally subsidized. And I think that with the, the, those top four things uh, fully subsidized, honestly, the, the cost of healthcare at that point would be so cheap that it would be an easily achievable goal, especially on a single payer system. And beyond that, there's a lot of like just really progressive things that we should be talking about and doing that just aren't even on the table because the conversation has been drugged so far to the right. And um, I, I feel like people don't even know what it is to be a liberal or progressive anymore. Like people have accepted the weaponized definition of the term woke, you know, when woke just literally means like aware. <laughs> and so in the same way, I think that like liberal um, when you look at it at a scientific basis, is literally someone who wants to make progress, who's willing to take a risk to make some progress, is uh, what defines someone as a liberal on a scientific basis. And uh, a conservative in a scientific psychological um, situation would be someone who wants to conserve what's already good. They don't want to take any risks to change anything. They just want to maintain things the way they are. <clears throat> and those are two perfectly reasonable standpoints to have, uh, depending on the context of the situation that you're in. And <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that, um, it would be helpful to build a legitimately left party. And then we could just say, Hey, you know, we, we, we're not running a presidential candidate this year. We fully endorse Dr. Cornell West, but here are some changes we would make to the green party at the same time. And then, um, even if we don't win any seats at all, um, there needs to be like a legitimately liberal progressive party that can serve as a network, like a mutual aid network on the off season when we're not doing electoral shit, we could be executing mutual aid projects with campaign funds democratically and transparently. Um, and literally be kind of providing our own kind of proxy government where it's like, we're not waiting on government to, um, solve the housing or healthcare crisis or the water crisis. We're just going out there and fixing it ourselves. You know, we're making it happen on our own. I think that is a possibility. And back to the idea of force the debate, which I'm so excited about. Um, by the way, the idea of an infrared debate is totally legit. Not only is it legit, it's more legit than I realized. And <clears throat> there's a really fun idea I have called a proxy debate. And that's when, somebody refuses to show up to a debate because they're a coward or they just aren't ready for it. And, um, what you can do is pretend to be that person. And then like, I do a pretty good Donald Trump impression myself. You know, I could be Donald Trump. Somebody else could be Dr. West. We could all have a debate pretending to be these people and we could broadcast it. And that might actually encourage those actual individuals to really show up for a real debate. And, you know, defend themselves instead of letting an actor uh, portray them. Uh, so. Pretty good, Brady. Yeah, if anyone good. Debate happen, I'm ready. Um, we can, somebody can be Cornell West, somebody. But there needs to be third party debates. Everybody needs to be debating everybody at this time. You know, all the candidates need to be debating all the candidates as often as possible. And if. Brady, you know, they have the artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. They can do it. They can do it. That's a good point, Case. We actually did that for fun. Um, we I pretended to be Donald Trump versus Bernie Sanders or something like that. 
And I used, uh, or it was one of the Pangburn guys challenged me to a bait with Sam Harris. And so I, I made an AI version of Sam Harris and I debated as I, I basically read the responses that AI Sam Harris said. And it was really, honestly, very close to character, uh, especially if you jailbreak chat GPT, which I highly recommend to everyone as a journalistic political tool. I've actually jailbroken chat GPT to do some political strategizing and it's really good at it. <clears throat> I had it. Uh, you know, what's funny is I had chat GPT um, reinterpret my party platform as Dr. Cornell West three days before he ran for, for president. And so I have uh, a version of the party platform that sounds like Cornell West, uh, Jimmy Dore, George Carlin, all that. And uh, the Jimmy Dore one's actually really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I'm just doing this all by myself. Like I'm the only person working on this project, but as one person, I've been able to generate like a lot of really cool um, platform ideas. And I've managed to talk to some of my local politicians. And I'm looking for a better representation for this because I'm just like a total idiot nerd who nobody is capable of loving, evidently. So <laughs> I need to find better representation for this idea. And um, I'm waiting to kind of get a hundred points together before I kind of come up with the full final draft. So if anyone has any ideas at all, they would like to see on a platform, um, drop it in the comments, drop it in my DMS, whatever. We've had some really cool ideas lately, like ending planned obsolescence or engineered obsolescence, um, making male and female birth control totally free and subsidized. Um, I think before we have any conversations about banning abortion, there needs to absolutely be, free and subsidized uh, abortion, uh, I'm sorry, birth control methods for both men and women. Uh, men are just as capable of taking birth control and there are male birth control methods out there, but it just turns out men apparently don't have the testicular fortitude to do it for the women, which is pretty sad. So, oh boy. Um, oh boy. yeah. So there's a lot of, I, th I think that's a real progressive message that's been lacking in that conversation completely. And there's a lot of novel technology we can use for safe, uh, effective male birth control that's reversible, not permanent, all that kind of stuff. Non-hormonal. I, I did it for my wife, so I'm not part of that. Hey, much respect. Case, Case is a real one. Case is a real one, man. Like y'all take notes. <laughs> At one point, it was it was uh, free in Maryland. I don't know if it still is, but at one point, birth control was free um, in the state of Maryland. So, but it should be like that everywhere, actually. Yeah, I agree. I'm pushing for the. I'm even pushing myself, pushing for things like uh, subsid, like legalized prostitution, and even subsidized sex work, like in Germany, if you have a dis a, a disability you actually get like a waiver every month to have a sex worker come over and like make your day. <laughs> and I think that's pretty cool. Um, honestly, uh, I think that sex work is legitimate work, just like getting a massage or anything else. Like, uh, you know, people that say, Oh, you're selling your body. Well, guess what? You sell other, everyone else is selling their body to Walmart or, you know, a car dealership or the military. So it's all selling your body. Um, mm. frankly, I think that getting paid to have sex is kind of an honor. Like, you know what I mean? It's like someone thinks you're sexy. So I don't see why it's, it, it, 
the, the whole reason it's stigmatized is just a, not to make men comfortable, essentially, is what I think. Um, I think women need to take their power back, <laughs> start charging men, <laughs> make us act right. That's just, that's just me. I'm a crazy guy. This is why we need better representation for this idea. But we definitely need a network for all the independents and all the third parties to at least get together on a weekly basis and have a conversation with each other. Like what's working for y'all? What's not working for y'all? Um, how are we alike? How are we different? How is that changing? And um, I see no reason why we can't be working together against the false dichotomy of Democrats. Well said, Brady. Well said. Roger, what's up? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Um, so one, let's not get so enamored and so um, feeling like this is an existential, uh, uh, like the stakes are high and so on and so forth with these politicians that we forget the work that we can do on the ground. Election day is next year in November. That is the same day that you can have single payer on the ballot or outlaw private equity from owning housing, hospitals, medical facilities, so on and so forth on the ballot or, you know, uh, 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 or, or, less, or whatever it is, minimum wage, whatever it is. So let's say if he... West is able to jump over all of those barriers by the time he would take office, you can already probably have most of these things passed um, that you're hoping that he does for you. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, I, you know, like, I don't want us to go down that, that same path that we did with Obama, like, you know, because it's like, oh, we see hope, you know, hope and change, and then did the same thing with Bernie, did the same thing with the squad, AOC and all that stuff. And we keep getting disappointed. You know what I mean? I saw the same thing happening with um, with with RFK. You know, there, there was some here who was just like, yeah, RFK, whatever. And then, boom, he disappointed. I'm glad it happened early. You know, I don't think anybody here was holding out hope for, for Marion Williamson or whatever the case is. But, you know, like, remember what Delphi said but before she disappeared i hope she's okay she said look with these politicians it's not if they're going to disappoint you it's when okay so they're going to do that in the meantime we should be doing on the ground work okay if you live in a citizen ballot initiative state whatever you want to see happen at, at hoping that these politicians will do for you that you can do for yourself do it yourself you know don't depend on these guys to for your daily bread you feel what I'm saying? Also, so uh, Sabrina, Miriam asked you for um, for an interview. Now I think that's good because now you're. I, I said a long time ago, you want to get to a place where you don't have to chase these people; they start chasing you. So we already. So it looks like to me, Miriam Williamson respects you and is, is reaching out. And, and I think that's a good thing because it's showing the influence that you're beginning to have. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, people hear your show and they always, hey, who's this you're listening to? You know what I mean? Um, and that's a good thing. RFK is not there yet. He's still, 
he's still, you know, doing the same thing that Bernie did. Like, you know, like one of the one of the things that I, I that really used to like piss me off with Bernie was that, uh, excuse me, your base is on YouTube and all these social media sites, but you won't step one foot into that space. OK, when Republicans run, they go to their base, which is Fox News, you know, in terms of media. You know, and, and those establishment cornballs in the Democrat Party, they go to MSBSC and CNN. What the hell are you doing? You know, I was just saying, like, I was just like, why in the world is Bernie going on all these other uh, places? Play to your base. Okay, so it seems RFK is doing the same thing. He's not taking us seriously. Uh, he's not taking you seriously. You, you know, you're, you're in the fucking queue. Let's go back and then say, hey, by the way, let's go back on Crystal Ball. He's not taking, you he's not I mean? taking like, the, he's, he's not taking the left seriously. He's not really trying to get our vote. Cause the thing yeah, is, yeah, is like, exactly. right. Yeah. It's right. not just, the thing is, it's not just me. Like guys, we had this conversation earlier today in a DM group. It's not just me. Everybody has reached out to him. So he's ignoring left media. What does that tell you? Do it at your own peril. He's not trying to get your vote. Okay. I, maybe you should be, you know, like, I don't know. Like, if it was me, I'd be like, uh, you know what? Forget about it. We're not interested. <laughs> and see what happens. It's like, yeah, I'm going to make, matter of fact, you want to you do something real hard. You could be like, yeah, I'm going to tell my entire audience not to vote for you. <laughs> uh, see if he wants to come on then. <laughs> Well, I think I think they got the picture from what I said. I think they got the picture from what I said in that email response when I told them I was like, this is really interesting, considering the fact that I reached out the week he announced and I covered his campaign on the ground and. And I'm fucking local. So there's that, too. But another thing is, is like I told them, I was like, "Eh, I know people who reached out after me and they've already interviewed him. So the thing is, is that. I hope they realize that those of us in independent media do talk to each other. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take black people seriously, I guess. Like what? Like what the fuck? Like probably, you ain't seen this. You ain't seen this. You ain't seen him talk to no. Like I'm saying, he didn't. He's talked to Tucker Carlson. He didn't been to. I expect him to be on Glenn Greenwald. He's been on like, you know, um, I think Russell Brand also. Like he's been on. Like he'll go on to. Uh, He's been on right wing shows. He's been talked to libertarians and he's talked to people with small channels. This is not like a sub count issue. But like I said, you haven't seen him talk to anyone on the left. You know what I think? I'm you know what I think? I think that he's trying to pull people into the Democrat Party. And I I don't mean us. I mean, like that guy, Jesse Waters or whatever the hell his name is. saying, you know, what? I might just vote for him. The guy on Fox mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think, uh, I think he, run, he might uh, be trying uh, to get libertarian. I think you mean oh, Gutfeld. Gutfeld. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever the hell his name is. Um, that that Fox guy, libertarians, all these other people going all around us. Maybe to, to be like, you know what? I think I'm going to switch party just to vote for him. You know what I mean? So that he does not have to um, go to us. And I'm like, well, good luck with that. You know, you know, because because the thing is, uh, you know, I'll say this. Things don't have to feel as existential if 
you can get it done yourself. You know what I mean? It doesn't because because it's everyone is it's like, oh, come on. Everyone came alive when, you know, like, look, I've been saying for a year, like, yeah, we need to really, you know, like push these politicians aside and see what we can do on the ground. You know, Case is doing it with the mutual aid party. You know yep. what I mean? Um, I'm trying to help people in other in this invalid initiative states to try to get their thing going. Um, and this is the work. But the thing is, you know, I, I know what it is. People don't want to do the work. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 you fall into a pattern of, oh, I got to do work. And let the politician do it for me. And you know, I ain't going to do it for you. <laughs> you know, they ain't going to do it gonna, for that's you. That's funny you brought that up, man. You, you because know what I mean? a bunch you of like, know what I mean? yeah, I, I'm so progressive. Cool. I didn't mean to cut you off my bad. But I just got to reinforce what you said because like, uh, I'm so I'm so far to the left. I get left out by lefties, and they actually tried to initiate their own kind of. They criticized the proxy party project. Said, "Oh, it's a terrible idea. You should never do anything like that." And then they started their own project called the project. It was like seven of them, and out of like seven or ten people, they could not do. They didn't get. They they got less than nothing done. And like I myself, one progressive got like a whole platform slapped together. I'm, I got I got conservatives helping me. Uh, you know what I mean? I got conservatives thinking, saying it's a good idea. So if I got conservatives jumping on board already, then I'm doing something right. You know, Please. and one of the initial pushbacks I got at the beginning was, no, you shouldn't be reaching out to conservatives. You should be focusing on making liberals happy. And I said, I'm doing both. You know, I'm building a legitimately uh, leftist progressive platform. And you know what happens as a side effect of that is the conservatives like it. They actually think it's. You know, what's very um, universal and very uniting. Start asking the people that you're working with, including independents, because I believe when Delilah was on your program, Sabrina, she said that there's more registered independents in Texas than, than Republican. Um, I don't know the numbers. I'm just going by what she said. But here's the thing. You know, of course, I'm pretty sure you're going to reach out to independence, Brady. But the unifying thing is when if you guys can say, let's build an army to push the Texas legislature to make us a citizen ballot. Whatever you're going to do it, whichever way you're going to do it, and however you think you're going to do it, I think that should be a unifying message to, to force these state lawmakers to, to transform you into a ballot initiative state for amendments. Then there, you can take it from there. Roger. That's just my mm. opinion. I'm throwing that on the platform. That's a good one. And you know what has been working really well, surprisingly, with conservatives is like the idea of legalizing cannabis and mushrooms, psychedelics. Conservatives are surprisingly open to the idea of legalizing cannabis and even psychedelics. Like conservatives love mushrooms, too. Uh, they all they all do mushrooms. You know, they might not talk about it. They might lie about it, but um, they love mushrooms, too. And I, that really surprised me. But um, I think that'd be a nice unifier. And, you know, past, of course, and of course, uh, cannabis. Cannabis is another big one that I think uh, crosses political ideologies, <laughs> I would say. You know, what's um, another, oh, you, you know, it's another unifier. And this goes against what, what you're trying to do, uh, Brady. At least when I talk to people, 
people are tired of these damn parties. I'm a party abolitionist. I will always be one from now on. You know what I mean? You don't really need parties to govern. You know what I mean? You can, you could, well, you, you know, you could just get rid of them, either registering everybody independent in the state and, you know, make them like irrelevant. Well, you could, you know, as soon as you become a ballot initiative state for amendments, you could do it that way. But I just keep seeing it's like uh, just like how you say, oh, like when we talk about the police or we talk about politicians and we say it's not the individual politician or the individual police. It's the system and the and the parties just make just just are designed to just look out for themselves. And and I even when I asked Ashura, he said, you know, like, yeah, we got applied. So it, it becomes even more gridlock. But then if you take a look at local school district elections where it's nonpartisan, they, they don't get in the partisan shit. They just talk about, all right, well, let's, what's good for the students? Let's, what's good for the kids? You know what I mean? You remove that partisanship element, then you don't have to deal with that. You know what I mean? Then there's like nobody to blame. Oh, it's the lefties. Oh, it's the righties. You know, like you, you get rid of all of that. I mean, you know, like, look, you, you do, you know, like, I'm, I'm, you know, like, I just think that's just a better way to go. That's just my opinion or whatever the case is. But, um, uh, with you, you know, that's, that's, that's what I was thinking. I'm I'm actually fully with you. Uh, and I would like to consider Mm -hmm. the proxy party less of a political party and more of like an actual party. You know, where we we're just getting together, talking, hanging, um, achieving our mutual goals, um, and kind of actually act like a proxy government. Like fuck the party, dude. We're just kind of building our own government, and like the idea is to become so powerful that like eventually, you know, we can just kind of talk people into just joining us instead of like doing this whole government thing that's been so ridiculous for so long. Basically, making taxes voluntary. Yeah, I want to make taxes voluntary, yeah, you know, um, or something like that. Maybe so, uh, if you make under a certain amount, they're voluntary. I think that'd be cool. Oh, uh, Case, I want to ask you a question real quick. Um, well, hold on one second. Um, Brady, Can I, I'm going to go ahead and move on to Eric because he's been waiting a bit, okay? Okay. Thanks so much, Brady. Yes, amigo. All right, I'm moving to Eric, but go ahead and ask Case that question, Roger. So, you know, not to get too technical, but I was just wondering why didn't they hold, why did they hold that uh, worker strike back thing in the in the part of like the city, in the part of Manhattan that's, that's kind of hoity-toity? Like, I, I mean, I was just wondering, like, why couldn't they have held it, like, I don't know, in Harlem or... Even even Masspeth, like Masspeth Queens, is a very blue collar, very like factories over there, just industrial. You know, you know, I don't know if I'm being too picky or whatever, but it, you know, I was just wondering, like, it, it you know, like they couldn't have found. I'm pretty sure it was probably kind of expensive to. Matter of fact, they got a BMCC. Um, you know, the next day, Lucy and 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 the gang went and protested espionage uh, for, for doing recruiting. I don't know if you saw that, but at another BMCC campus, 
in Harlem, oh no, Washington Heights, sorry. Lucy and them and the gang protested espionage for, for doing, he, he was doing a career fair, but he had the military recruitment hiding out in the back and they and Lucy and them ended up chasing him out the building. You know I, mean, I didn't see so, that, but that's, I was going to uh, say, uh, Roger, uh, that's really funny, but I was also going to say Lucy and the gang, that's cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, Roger, I think she said that was yeah. a couple months ago when that AOC, um, pe- people were giving heat to AOC for saying, um, for like recruiting for a military or for the. No, 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 I was at that one. No, 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 that was in the, okay, that, that was in the, the branch. No, that okay, was so back then. I'm talking about the okay. next day. That was at Renaissance, blah, 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 something in the Bronx. I'm talking about, okay. what was it called? Borough, Manhattan, college, uh-huh. community college. Yeah, that was another campus up in, in Washington Heights. You see what I'm saying? And I was yeah. just, you know, you know, I was just like, I mean, I know you didn't arrange the thing. I was just wondering, like, yeah, I, why I would they, know, if, if, if you're I a blue do, collar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, if I ever do uh, oh, yeah, you, yeah, Black yeah, it, Smith, I'll have to remember to ask that how, how do they pick venues and things of that nature? Because that is a interesting question. I would, if it was my guess, because I'm familiar with colleges, um, they probably, they're working with students on campus or even a let's say there's a DSA for um for that college they can rent out rooms and auditoriums for free so i wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened in that particular case true understood but they do got a BMCC campus up in Washington Heights which is the poor area of 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 Manhattan that down there Like I was gonna go, but it was like, man, that thing is almost in in New Jersey. No wonder you was able to get to it. You know, I'm coming from. Yeah, I was able to get to it easy. (laughs) Yeah, you could have just just jumped across the Hudson River or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm I'm like all the way east of the city. I'm like, oh, where's this BMCC at? And I was like, that thing's by the Holland Tunnel on Chamber Street. I was like, yo, that's that's like not too far from Wall Street. What the (laughs) hell is this? And then you know. They have, yeah. but they had a BMCC up up in you know Washington Heights, man. You know, like, well, you know, even if, even if, or even like I said, even better, MassPeth Queens, like when I uh-huh. Sabrina, when I say like blue collar, we're talking about like, we're talking about like like there's like trucks, you know what I mean, with with like factories <laughs> with like no windows because they got they have bread, you, you know, like they're delivering some bakery stuff. It looks real grimy. The streets are fucked up. It's more than usual, as you can see in New York City. I mean, it's like real, like grimy and blue collar, and you know what I mean. Because I'm over there. If I'm dropping people off, I'm you know taking them to work. There's UPS over there. It's like underneath the Kazusko Bridge, pretty much. You know that that area. I'm, I'm gonna jump. Yeah, I'm gonna Judge. jump out, Roger. Much love to you. Much love to chat. I'm just going to say my last pitch real quick. Please email me at we got us at mutualaidparty.org. I'm really looking forward to working with onboarding captains that we can reach out to organizations, churches, mutual aid organizations that's already established. And then from there, we'll move on to uh, uh, us building our own teams that's not established, but building it from scratch. Much love to you and much love. And thanks, Sabrina, for continuing to do call-ins because I know that you don't have to, but I really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. We love the call-ins. Yeah, because they don't they don't pay me no more. They don't pay any of us. Hold on. What? You get paid for doing call-in? I mean, I didn't get much. <laughs> I mean, other people were given like obviously it's based on like your name and your reach, but I was only given like twenty five dollars a show. Okay. It's no more. Yeah. Quit. <laughs> huh? It's no wonder Jimmy quit. I'm pretty sure people like Jimmy were offered. Well, Jimmy, no, they they removed Jimmy. He didn't quit. What? Um, yeah, he talked about it on one of his live streams before really? they removed him. Yes. Oh, what happened? They said, they, Jimmy said they told him that he wasn't taking it seriously. Huh? Yeah, because, well, Jimmy was doing like 30 minutes a stream. Well, that's the contract. The contract is 30 minutes. Wait, wait. So, wait. That, I thought that was Jimmy that was doing 30 minutes, not no, not the... Not the calling thing, because you you go beyond like thirty minutes, right? Well, I go beyond thirty minutes because you can't have a, I think a, a significant conversation in thirty minutes. But the contract is thirty minutes. Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't know that. I thought that was like just Jimmy doing that shit. Mm-mm. So he, he was doing less than thirty. Yeah, thirty minutes every 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 time. There were other and, people oh, doing thirty doing uh thirty minutes too. I think the thing was is like the contract was thirty minutes, but I think what they wanted you to do, see what they asked you to do and what they really wanted you to do were two different things. I think they really wanted you to go longer than thirty minutes, but most people did not realize that, and so most people were just doing thirty minutes, and then there were people like like me and Bree and um, I think Katie's are longer than 30 minutes too. Like we're doing longer than 30 minutes. So it's true though. Like imagine if I jumped on YouTube to do live stream for this 30 minutes, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's not enough time to have like a conversation with people. So I think, even though the contract said that, I think the idea was that they wanted you to actually engage with people longer than 30 minutes. But then most did, people just followed the contract. Yeah. Well, then why didn't they say it out front? Because if people are going to read the contract, they're just going to do what the contract says. They're not going to think outside the box or read between the lines. Hey, Savvy, can I jump yeah. in? Yes, go sorry, sorry. Go ahead, kid. Yeah, I, I, you know, definitely want to say thank you for building an audience on Colin because I think, um, you know, you doing this really resonates with all the RBNs type of messaging and just kind of building community. Uh, and, and I think this is r really helpful to you and, and others that actually do it the right way. I think 30 minutes is definitely not, is, is no meaningful way to have a 30 minute conversation with an audience of a couple hundred people or even, you know, 50 people for that matter. I did want to go, you know, and kind of answer your question around RFK Jr. And, you know, I think I've said it before. He's really, really disappointing. And just the, the mere fact that both his, his uncle and his dad, you know, were done in by the state and more than likely people in the Democratic Party that were part of that. He, he clearly doesn't have the, the, the fortitude to lead. Uh, you know, watching the interview 
some of the highlights that you showed on your show with, with Glenn, when he started to kind of, he was trying to delineate how someone could critique Israel, Israel, the government of Israel, and then other critiques that you can have about Israel and that in some way you're crossing the line. It didn't make sense. What he was trying to outline as an argument to why somebody could make a case to say, hey, they're an apartheid state, they're uh, segregationist, they're racist, and so on and so on, and that they have confined Palestinians to a small, narrow area, and they're uh, basically taking away their homes, literally walking into their homes and forcefully putting people out on the street, and they don't have any rights, and they don't have access to any of the other things that Israelis have. I don't know how any reasonable human being can look at that and not just say, yeah, the Israeli government and the people of Israel have this completely, you know, wrong. Uh, and, you know, to contrast that back in the 80s when you had South Africa, if you remember, you know, Free South Africa was the anthem for a lot of the rock stars that got on the bandwagon. And not necessarily the bandwagon, but but they started to support that. And through that channel of so many people pushing that forth, you know, it eventually happened. Uh, we don't have that yet with Israel because most stars are afraid to get on it, to get behind this, because there's still people like him basically trying to make the case. How do you make the case when all these people, you can clearly see that these people are getting uh, destroyed every day. You know, you can see it on the little bit of show, the little bit of news that we even get, because you know we really don't get much information about what goes on uh, to the Palestinians. We don't have like a, daily feed to really understand what's going on over there because the media doesn't allow it. So for him to kind of try to make that case, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And mm -hmm. right. It doesn't make sense. Like, and I, I go back to uh, free South Africa. Ask any, ask any person today, if they would sit behind the stand that South Africa had against black folks in South Africa, would they say, Oh yeah, I was for the white, South Africans and the way they, the way they were treating black Africans, South Africans, I'm sorry. Nobody would stand behind that, right? It's, this is even, you know, it's either the same or, or worse in some ways to what's happening to the Palestinians. But we just don't have enough people just admitting to the fact that this is happening because people like him who have a platform to just say, yeah, this is wrong, man. And, and the way that he backed out and deleted that tweet just shows that he doesn't have the fortitude, you know, for something like that, to just stand up to power and say, yeah, man, this is wrong. So he doesn't have my vote. And I think most reasonable people should not even debate that he should not have our vote. The fact that he's pulled back and not he's not willing to come on to shows like yours. I don't know who said it before. I don't know if it was Roger or Shura or, or, or Noel, but he's going to diminish himself by doing this. Oh, I think it maybe was Roger uh, not going to the audience, not like Bernie who wasn't going to YouTube by him, not going to these shows where the energy's at, he's going to do himself wrong because this is where the energy's at. This is where people will resonate with his ideas. If he can't clean, if he was really out there, but he's not going to do that. He's going the other way. He's trying to appease 
the mainstream media now uh, savvy, and it's probably the people in his ear, the people working with them, right? The kids. Yeah. Are you are you registered independent? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm actually. I'm still registered Democrat, but I don't vote Democrat. Cancel. No, just kidding. Um, cancel me, man. So my friend, my friend, <laughs> my friend who interviewed him, who actually put in a good word for me, has 2,000, wait, 2.7K subs. And let me see. I'll put the link to the interview in the chat so you guys can see it. They did a good job. <clears throat> But um, the thing is, because he's in New Hampshire, they interviewed him in person. Hmm. And the thing is, is that that's why I know it has nothing to do with the sub count. You guys got to remember, I reached out way long ago. Like, I didn't reach out like weeks after he announced. I reached out the same week. I covered his announcement on the ground in Boston and they said, we haven't forgotten about you. You're in the queue. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll be reaching out. We'll be in touch. And then my friend even reached out to them and said, Hey, just letting you know, um, Sabby is my friend, da, 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 yada, yada. And they said, okay, great. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, Sabby, you're, you're in the queue. We'll let you know, yada, yada, that kind of thing. And then because people in independent media, we talk to each other. That was when I realized like people who reached out after me were getting mm. interviews with him and the rest of us are just still waiting. Like what the hell? And then I thought, what do we all have in common? Oh, we're all left, left media. Right. I, I also wanted to go to a different little subject. That's more, uh, you know, I, I think, I don't know if you were on the chat when, and do dissidents, they were interviewing Jordan. Was oh, that, I was in there. Was, was that over the weekend? I can't remember. Was, it was a few days ago, right? Um, it was Sunday night. I, yeah. Oh, I was, in, I was yeah. in the chat. I saw yeah. it all. So, so Jordan, you know, that guy, man, you know, I, I know that we give him credit because he's done reporting at Flint. He's done reporting at uh, some other, I mean, many other places, right? And I think he deserves credit for doing that. But he also, he, he, he wears that every time something, even anybody argues with him, he's always bringing that up, right? Always resting on those, on those laurels that he has. And again, I don't think none of us would, would disagree that he has done that. But he has a tremendous amount of hate towards Jimmy Dore. I, he has hate, I think, also for shows like RBN who have called out his bullshit. I think he doesn't say it, but on due dissidence, he was talking about other shows without saying the names. And... He did. He did say our name. Oh, oh did he? Yeah. Okay. So, so they, they had to they had to poke him to do it. They had to poke him yeah. over and over and over again until he actually said said RBN. Right. But the one thing that that was funny throughout the entire thing is Kit was Kit was <laughs> mad in the chat. Kit was like, "Say my name." <laughs> Say my name. The Chicago show? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The guy, that guy. That's right. The, the guy from media, whatever. Yes, the guy with the long hair you're talking about. Yeah. But, but you know, he, I mean, the guy was just full of shit, man. He was just, he was saying all this stuff. Uh, and really, he's just hating. 
and, and he, he, well, was, he mostly he was, lied. He, he was lying throughout the entire thing. Yeah, he was talking about uh, the the Vanguard, the two guys with that show that all they do is talk about nonsense, and he was trying to say, oh yeah, they're okay because they're actually they admit that their show is just like you know not serious, I guess. And, I, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I've never heard them say that. I've never heard them come out and say, yeah, our show is about BS. So don't, you know, whatever we say doesn't really matter. I don't, I don't, I don't see it that they, way. They do say that to be fair. Oh, they do. I, 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 you know, I don't watch them enough, Savvy, but I, the few times that I've listened to them, I, I, I didn't know that. But, yeah. but it just seemed disingenuous for him to use that as, as his reasoning why, okay, they're okay, but these other shows are not. And he was trying to make, he was basically saying that all the other shows do is just critique other shows. And, and I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, and the guys from Good Dissidents, you know, they brought all the examples of RBN, Mutual Aid, uh, Rome, uh, you know, Tour for the Poor, the fact that he's building the library, uh, the fact that you guys have done other things, uh, many other things that none other shows have even done a, a, a fraction of, period. And we're talking about show savvy that have been on the air for years. You guys have only been on the air for a couple years and you've done more than they ever done. Period. But also, you're, you guys are journalists, you're reporters. That's what RB, and, and you, you're more than that, right? And you do all these other things. The other shows don't do any of that. All they do is talk and talk. And when they've, whenever they had an opportunity to put themselves behind something, they haven't done it. They haven't stood up for the people. They haven't done that. So that's why I say to, to Jordan, he, he's full of BS and it's disingenuous what he was doing there. And, and so anyways, you know, it's, a, it's an off topic, but, you know, he was trying to make the case of how he wrote an article about the left and the infighting. Motherfucker, you're the one that's creating a lot of chaos because if you were really about it, you come out in support of what these other shows are actually about people. That's the way I see it. You know what I mean? Well, I was just going to say, um, I was just going to say, I think that, you know, I, and I covered this like months ago. Um, it's, you know, were there some things that Jordan said that were true? Yes. Were there some things that Jordan said that were not true? Yes. And I, I think the thing is for me, like when I talked about this a couple months ago, I think the difference is I had receipts to back up what has been done. And what I did notice with the exception of the Vanguard receipt, and I we we talked behind the scenes with like due dissonance. So I, like I already told them like, at one point, there was one point I felt like Jordan kind of took over the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I would say is anytime you plan on saying what other other people have done, you got to have receipts. Now, they're, they're new to this, so it takes time. These are things you kind of just learn along the way. Like, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have had that shit either if I was new into it. But, like, just things you learn along the way. So, like, if I tell people... Rome is building a library. I would have had pictures lined up, boom, ready to go. I would have had the live streams that showed Rome actually working on the library, boom, ready to go. Hmm. If I say that RBN did a general strike summit, I would have had that link 
And Eric knows this yeah. <laughs> because Eric does the, I send the links to Eric and he, he yeah. puts them all up. I would have had that link ready to go. Boom. Here are the, the, the rallies that we covered all this kind of stuff. Right. I think the thing is on both of their parts, I, Jordan didn't have receipts and they didn't have receipts other than like the, the Vanguard one. And so it was just kind of like, he said, he said, instead of like, okay, let me show you what is being done. The right. other thing is, which is, I think is a very crucial receipt is the fact that JB was interviewed by Jordan Sheraton on status coup and JB had explained all this to Jordan. So Jordan knew what we were doing, all of that. Mm. That is a very crucial receipt yeah. that I think, um, if due dissidents had that, that would have really, really gone their way because right. that would have shown people that, Hey, Jordan, you already knew what RBM was doing because you had this conversation with JB and he explained all this to you. So there's that. The, the other thing that was mentioned too, in reference to him being the only one on the ground and the only one covering the Amazon, mm -hmm. I debunked that months ago. Everybody covered the Amazon union, like strike. Everyone did on the left. Right. It wasn't just him and breaking points. Uh, John Deere, we covered that too. Uh, in reference to Kellogg, Rome was actually on the ground with the Kellogg strike workers during the general strike summit. And Rome interviewed that guy afterwards too, multiple times. But see, see, these are the things like, that's why I think it's important if you're going to push back on people when they're making those statements, there were obvious lies that Jordan said, but you have to have receipts to back it up. And right. that's what, like, for me, if I didn't know who RBM was and I knew who status quo was, I would have just kind of been like, okay, I don't see anything that shows that they did things. And I think that for me, I think was something that could have been done uh, differently. In my opinion, when they talked about the workers, the big key element with that was we need to build a workers movement. No one's talking about the workers. Nick spoke at the workers strike back launch in Seattle with Shama Sawant. That's correct. Yeah. That's the workers strike back launch in Boston. Mm -hmm. Like both were, were streamed. You, you can see both. So that was another thing when Jordan said, they don't talk about workers. No one da da da. Shama's doing great things. Workers strike back, but no one's talking about it. Like, I don't understand how, like for me, I would have had backups for that because I would have been like, what are you talking about? Mainly yeah. the people who were mainly talking about it was RBN. That's right. And other people ignored it. In fact, when Worker Strike Back launched, that was the same day that Marianne Williamson announced her campaign announcement. Yeah. And more people were talking about that instead of Worker Strike Back. And I, I, I said that. Yeah, yeah I remember so, you saying that too. I remember that. Yeah. So there was, the thing is, is like there was video evidence. You didn't have to show the videos. All yeah. you have to do is yeah. show the thumbnail. There were so many receipts that just, I would have already had right. lined up. Boom, 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 boom. To show that he was telling, he was not telling the truth. That's correct. And well, I think that was the piece that was missing. But there's one thing, Sabrina. If you, if you thought that Jordan was going to be an honest guest, I mean, how would you know that was 
you know, how would you preemptively basically knew that well, all the bullshit he was going to come out of his mouth if you thought he was going to be an honest guest? I don't assume that anyone is going to be an honest guest. Hmm. That's something you'll learn, like, uh, and talk to anyone who is who actually used to be like an old school reporter that used to hit the pavement, mm -hmm. they'll tell you like, you can't assume that they're going to be honest. Like you always have to like, yeah. even they tell you what they hey, tell you, you, but then you also say? have to check the other side. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, your, your, your technique strategy uh, with the pictures of the links, it's like a thousand words with that picture. You know, once you have that, whoever said, you know, whatever they say, as soon as somebody sees that as a receipt, their mind goes to, oh, yeah, they're, you know, wow, they got proof. Here's the proof right there. And it sort of blocks him, in this case, Jordan, from keeping the conversation going the way he wants it to go. Because you're right, he was, he kept talking over them. He kind of pushed them down a little bit as he was talking. And, you know, they're sort of new, like you're saying, Savvy. Yeah. And, and I think they did their best to kind of hold them down. I think both of them, they were trying their best to do it in a way that was not too untactful, you know? Because I know that they wanted to kind of go off on him, but they also had to hold back a little bit because they were on his show getting interviewed by him. So they were trying to do their best to kind of hold it, but they're still new to the process, like you're saying. Well, no, it's uh, it's their it's so. their show. Yeah. So you don't let, and this is something I had to learn along the way, you don't let someone else come onto your show and take over the show. Right. And that's what he started to do. And that's why I was like, so, and that's the other thing, like, you know, they had reached out to Jordan before and there wasn't a response. And so I was like, let me do a little bit of digging because I'm nosy. And I looked on Social Blade and I saw that Status Quo lost a thousand subs this past week. There you go. And so yeah, I was it, like, that's was why he's taking them up on the offer now. Yeah, it, it, uh, well, that, um, that was the thing about it. When he was lying about RBN, Jimmy, he brought up all those dumb shit, uh, uh, shit about the strikes, and he said you guys didn't cover it. I'm like bullshit. The chat was like bullshit. Uh, Jimmy covered it. Uh, RBN covered it. Uh, HLM covered it. I'm like he was just lying through his teeth. Did he pretend not to know you like, guys, even though he had worked with you and personally knew? People said, like, don't have him on the show anymore. And, I mean, I don't think, uh, I think that's just, this is the lesson dude this is, has learned that you have to have to bring receipts. I would say personally, call Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. say call Sabrina. Yeah, I interviewed Jordan Sheraton almost two years ago on my show. I don't think he ever came on RBN, but I interviewed him on my show. And uh, I think he came on RBN once. About, we talked about. RBN. We talked about Flint and we talked about, um, oh, censorship. We talked about Flint and censorship. I remember that. And that was like, I didn't even have 10,000 subscribers at that point. Like when he came on. So I think the thing is, is like, <laughs> this is not, this is not, you know, look, we're not perfect. There can be criticisms made of RBN. We're not perfect. Yeah. But the thing is, the very first point that Keaton pointed out that he got tired of people, Jordan was tired of people doing clickbait, right? And he was tired of the call out videos. So Keaton pulls up Vanguard video that Jordan was on where Jordan wasn't even on the thumbnail. Jordan right. said he had no problem with that. Right. So I think what the point was that was really missed is that Jordan was not being consistent 
And also that it really wasn't about the clickbait and the call out videos. That's not really what he had a problem with. No, he's and I covered this a couple months ago. It was personal. He was upset because RBN called out David Sirota mm -hmm. and they called out him. That's what this goes down to. Did you guys not notice he kept saying the same people over and over? Yes, yes, he yeah. said, he I don't think people up, should be making about, don't he, make he videos said, about David Sirota and Ryan Grimm and, yeah. and David Sirota and Ryan Grimm and David Sirota and Ryan Grimm. That's what it was about. Yeah, that's he kept referring to these two, uh, Ryan Grimm, Sirota, and a few other people. But he made it seem like all that, you know, RBN and other shows do is, is do this and that's completely bogus that's not what's happening at all uh, that's that's not you know because me I would you know I couldn't take it if all you guys did was that and that's not what happens your shows are dynamic they're informative they're educating they also challenge us you know they challenge me to think about like you know my own bullshit kind of thing and to look at myself in the mirror and, and to me, that's why, why RBN is so successful, because every time that I hear you guys, you're challenging your audience in the way that we think, the way that we see things, to not stay stagnant and complacent. Um, well, that's nothing like big, any other shows. I think a big part of, too, that's really missed is, like, we talk about foreign policy a lot. Yeah. Like, for the most part, at least, like, my shows on RBN and my shows on my own channel for the most part, I don't, I'm not talking about so-and-so destroys so-and-so. For the most part, that's not, that's not the majority of my content. Most of my content is not, what do we talk about tonight? You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that's a big part of the thing. JB never talks about this stuff. JB doesn't talk, talk about, about it on his channel. channel. He doesn't talk about it on RBN. JB's show on RBN is more of like the tug, the heartstrings show. He covers like a lot of times he talk about the housing situation. He talks about um, foreign policy every now and then. Mostly he talks about basically what it's like to be poor in this country. Right. That yeah. never is mentioned. It's never mentioned. And my show and JB's show on RBN get the least number of views. Yeah. Because we don't True. cover those things. Right. We don't talk about yeah. that. So th that's J what I'm J saying. JB's show, you know, I, I, I try to uh, you know what? watch him. I think he, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say was, uh, Savvy. No, I, I was just going to say, a kid. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Roger. Okay, let me, I, I'll just finish off by saying what I was going to say, Savvy, about JB's show was that I think he has a show on the weekends. And a lot of people don't log in to watch him. Uh, I don't know if it's because of his hours, the hours that he does the show, because it seems like, I, and I pay attention to this. He has, you know, his audience doesn't seem to really, is not going up. Uh, and, 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 and maybe because of the things that he's talking about, it could also be uh, the hours that he does his show and, and, and the lack of, you know, I don't know if, if, if he consistently has to show in the same time slot. I, I'm not sure. But I know Savvy comes on at certain hours of the week. So I'm able to, you know, like stay on track, you know, for you and also to some degree Nick and and, and, uh, and, and Compton James. 
as well. But uh, JB, his show on the weekends, I, I, I don't know. It seems like it. I don't know if it's on at the same time, but there's less people it's watching. It's the same. Sure. JB show has been the same time since it was FHL. It's never okay. changed. Um, it's not that. It's the topics. It's because he's not talking about. He's not talking about like drama. Like he doesn't talk mm-hmm. about those things. I don't talk about those things on RBN. When we do the JB and Sabby show, that's a little bit, that show's a little bit different. Like sometimes we'll talk about pop culture, mm-hmm. but we don't, for the most part, we don't focus on like so-and-so versus, we don't focus on podcasters. Um, yeah. So we don't get as many views. Um, but I mean, I have noticed that it's it's the topics. And this is what I've been trying to tell people is that, a lot of times people only tune in some, not all, but some people will only tune in for the drama. And it's not even the weekends thing because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I did a show one time on a Sunday at noon because I had an event later on the afternoon. So I did a show on noon on my channel and I had a thousand people watching and there was no podcaster drama. So that's what I'm saying. It's not because he's on the weekend. It's because of what he's talking about. Also, I think something people have to understand, which has been brought to my attention, mm-hmm. is that the RBN channel is more heavily suppressed than my channel. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but it, it didn't used to always be that way. Yeah. It, it used to be that my channel was more suppressed than the RBN channel, but things have changed. Like the RBN channel is more suppressed than my channel. And I've noticed that because CJ mentioned it to me and I did a couple of searches on YouTube and it's very hard to find RBN if you're not already following us. Oh yeah, you know what, Savvy? I wanna ask you something really quick before I lose track because I've been meaning to ask you this, if that's okay. There, there was a kid out in Florida that goes by the name, I think of, uh, what did he go by? Uh, Unapologetic, was that his name? And he had, he had a show. Florida. Do you do you remember that, Sabrina? Uh, he yeah, had, I think it was unapologetic. And, and and he was a young guy. He's he's got glasses, and sometimes he would have to do his show from like, I think he would have to rent a, a hotel room so that he could get Wi Fi. But he was really that's uh, uh, that's Don Tell. Oh, is that who it is? Okay, Eric. Thank you. Pretty sure it's who you mean. He, yeah, he was. He was awesome, Savvy, and I don't know what happened to him, but I just thought that he was like one of those breakout stars that I thought, you know, as far as like in the show world that, that you know, as far as like what he was doing was so meaningful in the way that he would analyze things. Him and Franco, you know, Franco got his show. Unfortunately, I think YouTube kind of did him in, but Unapologetic was another young person that I thought that were both in that area where I thought they were going to, you know, continue to break through in, in, in a good way. And, and I don't know what's happened to him. And I just wanted to, I, I've been meaning to ask you if you knew anything about him. Or maybe Eric does. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know anything. Recently. He, he did one. Yeah, he did one a live stream recently, but that's about all I've seen. Mm, okay. A kid. Yeah. So here's the thing. This stuff is not important. The, this whole thing with fighting with YouTube wars and getting involved in it or whatever, it's, it's no different than, you know, I don't think, you know, like Biggie and Tupac. 
Everybody got all involved in these people. You know what I mean? But the thing that what matters is it doesn't matter who's on your display screen. What are you doing on the ground? Because that doesn't get us health care. And that doesn't get, uh, you know, all these other things that we want. You know right. what I mean? It's right. wasted energy and it's wasted time. I mean, I saw it also. I, you know, I was just like, oh, okay. And, you know, going back and forth, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But if you want to see, if you really want to see like a true debate of ideas, you should look at the debate bef that due dissonance had before Jordan Sheridan when he had Larry Sharp on. And they was kind of like going back and forth. It wasn't, it, it wasn't like, it didn't get crazy anything, but it was more nutritious for the mind. Sure. So to speak. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but, but as you probably know this, Roger, and I, and I, I'll share this with you just for, for breadth of understanding, I, you know, Savvy was kind of saying, okay, certain shows don't get as many views because of the topics, and people are mm -hmm. certainly more attracted to the 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 pop the pop yeah. soda rather than what's really nutritious. Right. So right. you do have to have a balance of the two. But what what I think that happens is if you do have really? some of that pop stuff that makes you come on to to listen to shows, and you have the nutritious stuff like Savvy, like RBN, you start to understand also what really matters, albeit that you're listening to the non-nutritious stuff, but that also gets you into listening to what's really what really counts. And then I get to meet somebody like Roger that I would have never met before because of Savvy. You see what I mean? So there's a balance. We're humans, and we're going to be attracted to certain things, but we can learn if we get into something like here and then i get to meet somebody like you who's teaching me right yeah but the thing okay. is like, for what, me personally i don't focus on like you know and people can do what they want but i don't feel like constantly talking about podcast or drama is actually bringing us closer to any type of solution right and that's the part that bothers exactly. me and i talked about this earlier today with someone i'm just like talking no, about it, it, and you guys that's why you guys notice you rarely see me do this right, talking right. about like the, the whole thing with the wedding notice i didn't cover that the Thank whole God. thing with with jordan sheraton yeah. um conversation with due dissonance notice i did not cover that right because that's not bringing us to any type of solution and my whole thing is is like talking about what so-and-so podcaster said to another podcaster all the time like that that's not helping that's a distraction and i feel like yeah like you can do those things and it'll get you views but i'm trying to tell you from experience and i've seen this happen to other channels it'll bring people over you'll get those views but eventually people will start to drop off and views will start to go down because it's the same repetitive thing over and over and right. people will get tired of hearing about so-and-so versus so-and-so because you're not giving them any viable solutions yeah. and Just that, like that's yeah that's that's very important like and i you know i appreciate case coming on tonight to talk about the mutual aid political party because i've said this before like yes we have complaints to be made but if you just scream into a void and you're not giving people another viable option People will eventually check out. I had this conversation early this morning where in, in a DM group and I said, 
all I'm hearing from you guys is what we can't do instead of what we can do. And I feel like there's not a lot of focus on what we can do. And it honestly turned me off and it made me feel kind of down. So the thing is, is like, I'm not alone. There's other people who feel the same way. So if you're just only just bitching like into a void and you're saying, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so did that, like, I find that shit depressing too. I don't find it funny. I don't find it entertaining to hear people talk about so-and-so said this and -and so-and-so said that. Like, that's that TMC bullshit, man. It's not getting us anywhere. And I feel like it is a, it's a distraction and it prevents you from focusing on the real issues, you know, hit me up, hit me up when somebody wants to organize, hit me up when somebody's having a, a really uh, important conversation. That's really going to move us in a positive direction. Don't only hit me up when so-and-so drops a diss track video about another podcaster. Right. A kid. Yes, sir. Are you going to register independent tomorrow? (laughs) I got to go to work tomorrow, but I I can definitely try this week. Yeah. Well, you could probably do it online. But see, check this out. Here's the thing. It's not good enough that you say, hey, I just won't vote Democrat. It it has to be when when the people, when the politicians go. Oh, sorry. Um, it has to be speed trap reported ahead. No, sorry. Um, it has to be when um, the politicians go to the voter rolls, when it comes time for election, they need to see an increase in the independent count because that's when they start panicking. OK, it's not enough that, oh, I, I don't vote Democrat, but I'm registered Democrat. Nah, nah. You have to register independent. So this way. So, so this way, um, they start panicking. Like, oh, where did all these independents come from? They know that, that independents are swing voters. You see what I'm saying? So, yes. I mean, like, they call independent in what state? In what state you you in? California. Okay. So, what do they? What do you guys call it? No party preference. I, I think so. Oh, you know, come on, man. You gotta get, gotta get on the ball, baby. Um, but no, look, you live in California also. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a ballot initiative state for amendments. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know it's big. You know what I mean? But, but you, you know what? Start- I'll, I'll, I'll take that as an action for me to do that. You know, I'll take that as an action to go investigate what I need to do to register independence or if I need to. And I can definitely do that. Yeah, that's that's at the very least what I could do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Could I? What I'm excited about is this idea of if Cornell West really takes off with with the uh, with the Green Party, and if that turns into a big thing, you know, then potentially a lot of us join the Green Party in big numbers, and then they start seeing Green Party registrations, um, you know, and that could shake things up a little bit too. So. Eric, I, I noticed you said uh, you you let your Boston accent out there. Oh, say idea again. Oh, what's the big idea? <laughs> <laughs> we got wicked good ideas here in Massachusetts, <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> We're wicked smart. Yeah. Hey, Savvy, I'm not. I'm not. You know, again, you let me talk for a long time. I just want to say thank you, and please, you know, 
this forum is it's wonderful because it gives you I mean it gives you instant you, you can see what we're thinking your audience and then we get to hear you directly which is to me it's just wonderful that you do this uh, you know for your audience and and, and RBN I, w- I wish that that your fellow uh, uh, you know RBN group would do the same I think they've done it maybe once or twice but I, I think it would be also helpful for them too uh, to to do it and I know your audience continues to grow savvy and it's going to continue to grow for sure keep doing what you're doing so i think i'm i'm a little bit more fortunate in the fact that like you know not everybody can do this for free right so you know it's just something to keep in mind and i think that um yeah like them selling call into rumble and then there's just this limbo period nobody has heard from rumble so it's just kind of weird and it seems like other people have stopped doing this. Um, but I still wanted so, to hear from you guys. So that's why for me, I'm just oh, like. Oh, and another suggestion, maybe you could have Kashama Sawan with an update uh, with, with what she's doing and juxtapose it to what, whatever else is going on and see what her thoughts are too, because I think it would be great to have her on, have an update as to what she's doing and have us you know, figure out what, what we need to do. Uh, and 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 I, you know, I, I thank Roger for challenging me because that's what it's about, you know. Like, yeah, man, this is what it's about. So thank you, Savvy. Thank you. Yeah, I plan to bring um to bring Shala back on. I'm gonna be going uh this weekend, so I'm excited for that. Um, but I want to bring in um, we'll bring in uh Dwayne and then Bad Cookies. Dwayne, I know you've been waiting a minute, so um, just go ahead and unmute. And I hope your heart's not broken, Dwayne, because I know you were a big RFK Jr., you know, fan. But what's up? Dwayne's moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Dwayne? Oh, we can't hear you, Dwayne, if you're talking. Oh, no, Dwayne. Like in Boston, you do your talking. (laughs) Maybe we should try cookies. Cookies? Bad cookies? Go ahead and unmute. Sorry to jump the line there, Dwayne. How are you guys doing? <laughs> What's up, Becky? Hopefully, Dwayne will figure it out. <laughs> uh, not much, Sebs. Uh, great show tonight. Unfortunately, I fell asleep halfway through it. Not your fault. It was an exhausting day, and I was, uh, to be honest with you, I was a little high. And it was a, it was a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to talk to you about um, this Tara Reid incident that you discussed on your stream earlier. Now, there were some things that I didn't know about. Can that anybody had- hear me now? I can hear you now, Dwayne. Thank you oh, for interrupting. You. <laughs> no, no, no. You were in the middle of a thought. Go ahead. Finish it. <laughs> it's all right. No big deal. Right. I'm glad to hear from you, though. So give me one second, man. Let me finish this question, and I'll go to you because you were ahead of the line, man. Sure. Cool. No problem. No problem. So I just wanted to say that uh, thanks for informing me uh, about those few details about the Tara Reid incident. I, I didn't know she was going there for a book deal. I didn't hear anything about why she was going there. I just heard a lot of attacks on her for going there by a bunch of shit libs. And I was like, you guys are being really messed up because I don't know. I don't know why she went there, but there's no reason why someone can't travel, travel to another country. You know, that's just ridiculous. That'd be like, that'd be like holding them, uh, holding Hunter Biden accountable for going to Ukraine. You know, it's just, it's the exact same deal. 
why wouldn't they hold him accountable? Why wouldn't they hold him accountable? It was a yeah. She well, it wasn't a book deal. She already had a book published, but they wanted to translate her book into multiple different like languages, so that way they could sell it internationally. Do you think it was That's like a book was- tour? Huh? Do you think it was like a book tour that she went on to Russia to promote? I don't the book? know if it was a tour per se. She she said that the meeting was to make sure they can translate her book into multiple languages. That's why she went there to Moscow. So kind of like a business meeting. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think you're correct, Bad Cookies. Um, but I just wanted to debunk that narrative that she moved there. She didn't move there. Thank you for doing that, because that needs uh, clarification. A lot of people don't know what the hell is going on there, and they're talking out of their ass, and they should really learn what the hell the situation really is about. But the thing is, people should be able to travel to Moscow if they want to. Absolutely. Like, when I worked at, um, when I was still in higher ed, like, some of my students were from Russia. So it's like, you know, uh, people should be able to travel where they want to travel, regardless. Fiorella... Isabel was also detained. Um, she's in Russia working for RT and she went to, I forget which country she was going to, but she went to another country and she was detained. Um, same thing happened with uh, Kit Clarenberg um, from the gray zone. He didn't even go to Russia, but he was detained when he went back home to UK. Like this is, it's crazy. Like you should be able to travel to other countries. Go ahead, Dwayne. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, uh, as far as RFK, um, uh, has anybody heard that he's writing a book? Pro- profiles and cowardice. Damn. <laughs> well, it's, uh, look, no, when I was watching him with Glenn Greenwald, when I was watching him with Glenn Greenwald hemming and hawing, I, was, I felt like he was going to say, hamana, hamana, hamana at any moment. Because he was, he completely was like, he didn't know how to answer. And it's, I think he, he probably was under the impression because he's been running scared from his own, uh, from his real audience, running scared from progressive left media. He probably was under the impression that, you know, some of what they were saying, the Democrats were saying about Glenn Greenwald was, uh, was, was true that he's, he's become a right winger. So he felt probably comfortable with going on that program. And then he found out that, oh no, Glenn Greenwald really is a progressive. Uh, like we all know that he, he's never really changed. He's not become some sort of a Republican overnight. Um, just because he, just because the Democrats are pissed off at him for telling the truth about the Democrats. Um, so, so he ended up, in a situation where he was questioned. Yeah, he ended up in a situation where he was being questioned uh, from a progressive point of view, which is the last thing he wanted because he doesn't want to move left. He wants to move right and and, and signal vir- while virtue signaling. He wants to move to the right and try to get the favor, not of the people. He, he didn't care about the people. The, the, he, I really do believe. I'll, I'll never forget because I was I was watching very closely uh, when when Pasta was was questioning him about Israel and about Roger Waters, and you, you could see Kucinich standing in the background with his arms folded, yep. looking very grim <laughs> and very like he 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 was worried about where this was going to go, 
and he was he wanted to be in control of what was going on and he felt very threatened obviously his body language said it all the look on his face he felt very threatened by the questions pasta was posing to rfk they both looked very grim and tense and and i was like this is the last thing that rfk jr or kusinich wants they don't want questions from these people. They don't want questions from left media. They, they, so they're not trying to cater to the, an audience of like independent, uh, middle of the road type people who might, some of whom might be maybe right wing, um, you know, lean right anyway, in, uh, right wing independence. This is all about catering to the party. They still are under the crazy delusional impression that they can run and try to curry favor with the party establishment and then eventually somehow they'll be let in and then they'll be able to be uh, you know included in debates and be considered a legitimate part of the Democratic Party because that is actually RFK's orientation. He feels that his party, you know, his his family is part of a dynasty. This is where they're wrong. They've gone completely off the rails. They have no idea. They've got no idea who their audience is. Those people in the Democratic Party are not going to let RFK into that party if their lives depended on it. They would much rather see DeSantis become president than to have RFK become the nominee. And RFK and Kucinich have these grand strategies and grand designs to kind of curry favor. I mean, I mean look, when RFK is appearing embracing Shmuley Botich, who is the most racist anti-Palestine person I've ever seen since, like, uh, Maya Kahana. There's no way in God's green earth that I could ever vote for that person. I mean, I'm, I, I am registered independent, just like you are, Savvy. And, and, and if he was not gonna, if he wasn't gonna run as a, as an independent, I wasn't gonna vote for him anyway. So even though I was enthusiastic about the possibilities for his campaign, I am not into hero worship. I like comic books, but that's imaginary. That's that's fake. That's like superheroes. That's fine. I know people are not superheroes, and you can only be let down enough. You, know, you can only be let down so many times by fallible human beings before you realize you don't take anything at face value. And 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 so I always had an open mind. I was always hopeful. But as far as where he went with this campaign, forget it. We've seen this before. Remember all the hope that we had? I mean, hope and change, Obama. Hope for 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 for, for Bernie. I mean, it doesn't have you have to you have to be crazy to continue to 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 delude yourself into thinking that these people are going to not let you down and, and to just invest all your hope in them. That's just insane. The, the the squad. It doesn't. I mean, it's happening over and over and over again. If people want to run through that party. They're going to become corrupted. That's what we're seeing with RFK and Kucinich. But, and, and they don't get it. They don't get it. They're never, 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 never going to be brought into that party. Never. Right. He, he, he forgot, RFK forgot that he also went after the Democratic Party donors. Yes. You think they, you yeah. think they don't forget He's the fact that he, he basically made them pay, forgot which country that they, they went to, and he was basically with those indigenous people. He basically got them... He got them their, their 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 fucking money. No, no, I think that's Donziger, not 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 RFK. But RFK has been environmentalist, and these companies they pollute, and their donors are the Democratic Party. And so. Big Pharma, he no no no, he's made too many enemies. There's no way in God's green earth that Big Pharma is going to let him ever run as a Democrat. There's no way. It's just not going to happen. 
and and well, they still they they they've lost need, they've he doesn't lost need big pharma he doesn't need big pharma to be his enemy i mean look at big tech big tech love him i mean i don't know big why tech, they love him <laughs> he's made he's made he's never going to be led into that party into that establishment never so I, wonder, lost, I wonder they've lost the plot they've lost the plot they 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 yep to Wayne. Mm-hmm. how are you doing hon because i know i i i know you you really believe that you know RFK Jr had like a good fight here so no, how, I, how are he, you doing i know that he knows better but it's not enough for i'm doing fine uh, <laughs> i can like i said i'm i don't know absolutely. You gotta tell me what you're doing to coping with this. You gotta tell me what you're no, doing. To this is not no. You see, you you just because I'm enthusiastic about the person that he was doesn't mean that I'm enthusiastic. He never was. I mean, no, no. He, 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 he says that he has fight. What was the word he fucking used? I have financial uh, relationship with Israel. That was like what the fuck? I mean, it's all about money. Well, financial he's relationship. He, he's a Kennedy. But here's the thing. I feel just like you, Dwayne, when I watched him responding to Glenn Greenwald, you could see him wrestling with what he understands to be the right thing, but he just could not bring himself to deal with it. And he, and literally you could see him fighting with himself. Of course. And, and he just doesn't have the strength of character, the no. personal, professional, and political courage to stand up and say the things that in his heart you know he knows what is the right position to have. But he is not going to cross that very powerful Israel lobby that no, is active won't. in the United States. No, remind you of John Kerry or Al Gore too. That like just like they can't just come out. They just got to parse everything. In- That's right. No, it's a profile and cowardice. That's what it really, really is. I mean, he. Uh, you have to take people. Maya Angelou said it right. If somebody shows you who they are, believe Save them. them. Well, she she sure did, and I, I met my Angelou in person when I was in high school, and she sure did say that. She said that shit to me too. It's true, <laughs> and 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 see, look, there's one thing we've seen this over and over and over again at the outset because I know that they know better. But do you think that AOC doesn't know better? They all know better, and then they all compromise, and that's exactly what we're seeing in real time, right before Absolutely. our eyes, with Kucinich. And with RFK Jr., they've made that cynical decision to sell. You know, well, we have to just position ourselves in such a way because we've got to get through the campaign. That's where it begins. And so, forget it. We're not having that anymore. That's over. We've been through this with Obama. We've been through this with Bernie. We've been through this with the Squad. We're not doing this Absolutely. anymore. Forget it. It's a deal breaker. When he went, when he, no, look, he lost me when he, it was the Roger Waters thing, the questioning by pasta, and then forget it. When he was out there running around with Shmuley Boteach, that was it for me personally. Because, you know, what I'm black. I, I'm black and I'm Jewish. I what have relatives. Me, what what killed have, me is when he said, Roger Waters is known for his position on Israel. 
that's why I was like, like tonight, earlier in the stream, I was like, no, Roger oh. Waters is known for being a part of Pink Floyd. Yeah, he's not known for that. Like, and you're throwing <laughs> him under the bus. No, this is, an, this is an opportunity like Cornell would do to have a discussion. So no, look, here's another thing. Is like you said, most, you said earlier, most Americans, I can't speak for Europe, but most people know Roger Waters because of Pink Floyd. Most right. people don't even know that RFK Jr. is for president, believe it or not. They most have people no don't idea. Know wanted, most people don't know that Roger Waters has made these statements know at at the u.n and stuff like that because most people don't vote most americans do not vote and they're, they're completely not even following disengaged. this shit no. so when he says like most people know you know our roger waters is known for his position against israel no the fuck he's not he's known <laughs> as being a part of pink floyd you exactly. fuck like that made me feel some kind of way. Excuse my language. It was bullshit. Is what it was. He he made a cynical political calculation to throw Roger Waters under the bus, and it showed a complete lack of 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 moral clarity or courage, whatever you want to call it, on his part. Cynical calculation. That is where we go wrong with these politicians. And when they do that, we've got to let them know that's not acceptable. I mean, the way and- he's been. But the way the campaign's been run has been completely ass backward. You know, they're running away from their their friends who are in the media, from left media, and running toward the people who want to reject him and ridicule him. It just doesn't make any sense. But what was even more telling was Glenn Greenwald was very precise in his question when he said, why did you remove the tweet? When you were praising Roger Waters for this, why couldn't you just extend it and say, but in addition to that, I have differences with Roger on this other issue. Why did you feel the need to remove the language? And that's when RFK Jr. showed us who he was when he said, I was not willing to run the risk Oh my that God. people would misconstrue oh. that as an unqualified endorsement. So ter- he just terrible? removed the whole thing. Yeah. Could I throw this in, Noel? It's told exactly the same thing you said, and it's exactly what Cornell West did, exactly the opposite, and exactly. showed the, the true ballsy guy. When the Ron DeSantis thing came up, what did he say? He doubled down and went in detail about why he agreed with the Sanders. He said, because he agreed with this about the classics, blah, 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 blah. Then he talked about the 98% and he didn't just say, oh, I disagree with the guy. And because he's a xenophobe, because he is a misogynist, you know, and he did not pull any punches about how he felt about Ron DeSantis, but he doubled down about what he agreed upon. That is beautiful. And that was exactly how, why, Cornell West is going to be a force to be reckoned with. He's already fairly well known because he handled it direct, not handled. He just spoke from his heart about the Ron DeSantis thing. He did not and hold back say, about. And, and I got to No, you're right. And I got to say something. Um, the woman who actually smeared Cornell West about that, she's another professor. I responded to her tweet and I, I actually responded with that clip of Cornell West answering that question. Oh, good. That's and I said, response. why not just ask Dr. West? Why not just ask him? I did. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And da, 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 da. And I said, 
Well, surely you would have this conversation with Dr. West. Surely you would not just resort to online discourse and not give him the opportunity to respond to you. And I gave that little smug smiley face because that's this reality of it. If you really care about this topic, the way that you say that you do, why wouldn't you have this conversation with Dr. West or at least reach out and try to have this conversation with him? And if you feel like his position is flawed, why not try to educate him about that, that position, right? Here's mm-hmm. the thing I'm gonna tell you guys. I talked to Meg um, earlier, that might have been yesterday, about this issue because Meg lives in Florida and she's a teacher. And you know what Meg told me? And Meg, she was a part of FHL. Um, she was a part of us in the beginning and she's a leftist. Meg said what people are saying about the whole DeSantis issue in the class, she said like it's actually being blown up out of proportion. And she said that the statements that the media has been making about Ron DeSantis and censoring um, literature is actually exaggerated. She told me that. And she mm-hmm. cannot stand Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. No one can. But when really we talk about it. the classics, like the books that were mentioned, when I mentioned like Zora Hurston, like I read Zora Hurston in high school. We read Their Eyes Are Watching God, right? So that's Zora Hurston. Langston Hughes, we read Langston Hughes in middle school. Like a lot of those people that were on the list, we read. The mm-hmm. problem is some of the schools are trying to get rid of the classics. That includes people like Langston Hughes. That includes people like Zora Hurston. It's not just about Socrates. And that's what people like that professor who smeared him, that's what she didn't seem to want to comprehend. She was right. just focusing on, he endorsed Ron DeSantis. He didn't endorse Ron DeSantis. He just agreed with him on one point. Exactly. But you can't even do that nowadays, Dwayne. I know. It's crazy. Same thing with RFK Jr. I disagree with his position. I disagree with his position on Israel. Okay, so you only gonna send out a tweet to support someone if you agree with them on every single position that they have? Well, it's a completely cowardly political calculation, very cynical, that's being made by, by his campaign. And so he, he's not interested in nuance. He's interested in distancing himself from that person who he views, who he knows people view as controversial. And it's because he wants to satisfy the Israeli lobby. It's that simple. And it doesn't matter what his positions may have been on the past or whether he knows that there's nuance or not. He doesn't care. He's not interested in that. And that's the kind of cynical thing that, like, it's like, forget it. For me, that's a deal breaker. And you have to stand on your moral clarity. You don't have any. Then I'm not interested in you as a candidate. And what makes it so sad is that it's exactly what Glenn Greenwald was saying when he said, you know, sometimes just like they do you. They will use your position on vaccines to make you radioactive across the board. So, you know, and now he's doing the same thing. You know, he backs off. So it's not necessarily certain specific positions that these people may take that differ from what I believe. It is when you show me that you have no moral fiber. That's exactly. when you become radioactive to me. Because profile and cowardice. Exactly. A profile and cowardice. And 
do. But I mean, like, how are you going to make like this speech saying that, well, my, my, my father and my uncle wanted to bring the races together. How are you going to say, you know, you want to bring the races together and you're basically like taking the side of the Israeli government over what's happening with the Palestinian people. What killed me tonight when I saw him say, when Glenn Greenwald announced that he was doing this interview, I was like, I actually responded and I said, oh, I'm ready for this one. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew, I was like, I, I hope RFK Jr. is prepared. No, he so wasn't. When he, for him to sit up there and say that, like, listen, um, you know, the people um, that there's no intentional hurt or harm oh towards the Palestinian people, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Terrible. What do you mean it's not intentional? Oh, of course it's intentional. They're kill- they killed the a two-year-old like, toddler. Exactly. They're, they're targeting they journalists. Killed, uh, the Palestinian journalists. Right? Yep. So Shereen Abu Right. What do you mean it's not, oh, it's not intentional bullshit. And even Glenn Greenwald said, the well, that's not what it? people have said. <laughs> I think like the big okay. issue there is is the the power dynamic. You know, there there's this huge power dynamic between the state of Israel and the Palestinians, and to just kind of not deal with that or talk about that just really shows that you know he's not trying to have an honest discussion about it. No, that's the, to me is the key thing. Terrible. Okay, Dwayne. Mm-hmm. All right, so now you sound nice and prime and ready you have crossed that that line where you're just completely like oh fuck these politicians <laughs> i was you always got, like that <laughs> you yeah you kind of you kind of lapsed a little something a little something but it's okay you back with us you back, you back here you back here I, n- I never left you roger never left you <laughs> okay i hear you. you you don't cry for me argentina routine no problem <laughs> But check this out. 2023, what's on the main ballot right now? Creation of Pine Tree Power Company Initiative. Okay, they finally got on on the ballot. So I'm giving you something to do. So later for these politicians, go help these guys. It's already on the ballot. Go help these guys vote for this thing. It'll be municipalized power in May. But hold up. There's also three potential measures here, and I think you'll like it. Eric, listen up, okay? Prohibit foreign spending in elections initiative. Ah, get out of here. I don't want you, okay? So they got this thing. They're trying to get on the ballot. The measure would prohibit election spending by foreign governments, including entities with partial 5% or more. Now, this is the same thing we tried to pass here, but the, the Senate didn't pass it. Anyway, foreign government ownership or control. It would also require disclosure on political advertisements if a foreign government or an entity that has partial foreign government ownership or control disperse any money to the to the advertisement. It would also call on Maine's congressional delegation to support a federal constitutional amendment to ban foreign money spending an election right yeah, but so, that's not oh. our problem our problem is the spending right here and the corporations right here i understand exactly. that but i'm giving like, them something this sounds to like them. some kind of bs 
thing they put out there to, to distract that. people it's from the nice. real issue, it's you know? Citizens. This is the citizens that did this. This wasn't the main legislature. Oh, but we, also, we also have, Roger, we also have ro- uh, rent control. So, 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 so check this out. Ma- that's another not, one. That's a ballot initiative. They're trying to get something else. Um, Maine voter approval of borrowing above $1 billion by state entities and electric cooperatives initiative. Mm-hmm. Boom. The ballot measure would require voter approval for certain state entities, municipal electric districts, and electrification cooperatives or consumer-owned trans transmission utilities to incur a total outstanding debt that exceeds $1 billion and require a statement by the state treasurer to accompany the ballot question regarding the estimated cost of the uh, uh, increased debt. Also, do you repair stuff, Dwayne? Do you repair? Do, do, do you like, you know, fix cars or something like that? Nah. I'm, okay. I'm a customer service representative. I don't, I don't do that. Well, anyway, they got. He doesn't like get his hands hand. dirty. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting my hands dirty. No, I wanted well, to talk. I'm a software right. guy. I don't either. <laughs> they're trying to get right to repair on the ballot. Uh, right to repair is cool. The, the initiative would allow motor vehicle owners and independent refit, repair facilities to have access to the vehicle onboard diagnostic systems. So that's like a big thing because, you know, I know like Lewis Rossman was talking about how they, where they make it where, um, you know, like you don't have access to like the schematics and you're forced, like people who repair cars and, and repair stuff know what I'm talking about, right? Where they, they make it to where, oh, you must bring it back to the dealer. Well, no one else can touch it. No, no third party mom and pop shops can 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 touch it and whatever the case is. And it drove like all the mom and pop shops out of business, all the mom and pop repair shops out of business. So, boom, there's something for you to do. You could put your energy into that. You could be like later for these pop. I'm doing this. So, boom, there you go, bro. Sounds good. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Going to. Um, we'll take Ruben, and then I'm going to head out because it's getting kind of late. What's up, Ruben? You're the last caller. What's up? Um, hi. Um, can you all hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Good. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sense how Bobby Kennedy Jr. is, like, destroying his own campaign in front of, like, our eyes, and I'm like, I was rooting for him, obviously, and it's, it's like it's. I don't know what's going on, but all I, like it's just so just just disheartening to see him flip flopping. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I actually wanted to call in um, and get your take on censorship. Um, I'm not sure if. Um, if if this is happening to like you or or anyone on this caller app, but like I've been seeing, because um, I regularly do like remix reactions or commentaries um, from like politicians, and maybe this is why I'm getting censored. But I don't get that many views now on Instagram when I do remix reels or like um, remix. Um, but I opened up a TikTok 
Um, even though I was anti TikTok, but I was like, well, if I'm if I'm not getting views on Instagram to talk about healthcare and UBI and free um, undergrad tuition universities, then maybe I'll just go to TikTok. And so I went to TikTok, and I'm getting more views there than 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 I've been getting over on Instagram. So I don't want to sound like conspiracy theory or something, but have you guys had that experience, or maybe it's just me? I hate Instagram, first of all. I rarely use it. Um, remember, Instagram and Facebook is the same people, same company. So uh-huh. they're going to have that same similar algorithm. TikTok's algorithm is very different compared to the others. So, like, that's why, like, in fact, I need to bring Brittany back on. I haven't had Brittany on in, like, two years. Um, the very first interview I ever did was with uh, Brittany Joy. So Brittany Joy... She's a vlogger and I interviewed her because she had moved from California to Arizona and then hated Phoenix and then moved to Texas and like Texas so much better. So I interviewed her about it was supposed to be a series, but I never I never got other people to continue the series of California expats. And so anyway, she recently blew up on TikTok like crazy like she did videos on YouTube talking about it and she said like she said I've been on YouTube for a couple of years and I just now have over 4,000 subs and she's like and I got on TikTok and I hadn't even been on there for like two years and she said and I blew up just like that like she went viral video after video after video after video because TikTok's algorithm is not the same as YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram, and so or Twitter. And so someone like her, who doesn't have a popular name, was able to go on TikTok and just get like a million views that quickly. Mm, yeah, no, like normally, yeah, normally on Instagram before me remixing, you know, doing commentary on, on, on like important things and debunking what the dnc and the rnc narrative is like i would be getting like 500 600 700 800 and i was going up but then all of a sudden i remixed one video of of like kamala harris and then i remixed another like popular influencer um and all of a sudden i just stopped getting views and over on 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 twitter i mean on tiktok I'm getting 600, um, 500. So it's so it's slowly. I'm getting more views there. So, like I said, like I just want someone to like to to talk with and say, if, like, if I'm the only one experiencing this, and then I've and then I've heard a little bit of what you guys said earlier on on, on terms of cen- you know censorship, and so I just wanted to say my experience on the American apps and on. TikTok, I'm getting more, I'm getting the same views on TikTok, and I just barely, like, barely signed up, and I'm getting similar views as what I had on Instagram, but yeah, I just wanted to say that. I wanted to ask a question. Can, Can we do in America to our uh, corrupt politicians what Ukraine does to theirs? They pick them up and 
dump them in the dumpster. <laughs> Maybe. I'd like to be able to, but I don't think it'd be a good idea. Just put the garbage where the garbage is supposed to be. It's not violent. It's just we were taught don't leave garbage out on the street. Put away. It could be construed as as violence. Nah, putting something in the garbage. I put things in the garbage all the time. I'm not being violent. Just a thought. Yeah, I don't I'd, think I'd rule it. I'd rule it out. I don't think we'd be able to do that. But yeah, I'd rule it out. <laughs> all right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and head out. It's getting kind of late, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sebi. Um you guys know I'm not there. I'm not live Wednesdays. I'll be back on Thursday. Hey, Roger. Sebi. I'm going to send you a DM if if you just check it out for a sec. I know I don't. You don't are not on this app a lot. Hey, oh, okay. I'm driving, so I have to. Okay, I'll just send you a DM. Sabby, you know, could I say one quick thing about you, man, in, in 10 seconds? But, you know, you know I don't want to speak in first land. Oh, sorry, I'll make it real fast. Sabby, I just want to know what was going on for you for Thursday. That's it. I think I'm going to go live at 6 p.m. on Thursday because, um, like I said, due dissidence is bringing Jimmy Dore on, and I kind of want to see that myself <laughs> um, Thursday evening, so I'm probably going to go live earlier. I'll send out a newsletter tomorrow to let you guys know. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Sadie. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks, Sadie. Thank you, Lance. Nope, oh, Lance is gone. Oh. I just wanted to okay. say good morning. Go ahead. No, and also, you know, I said before. Oh, also, yeah. as I said before, you know, I don't. Oh, I'm sorry, Noel. I was just going to say, don't sleep on Dr. Stephen Greer and this big thing he's been doing with the UFOs. I know. I heard Girl, about that today. What the hell? I, I saw a piece of that today, and I was like, "Oh my lord!" I think yeah. aliens are survivors from Atlantis after it sunk a long time ago. But that's just my theory. I can check and see if other people covered it. I don't know if I can talk about it on YouTube. I know I just talked about YouTube UFOs on YouTube, but I have to check about that one. Could just be his name. He's got all the whistleblowers and this and that, and they they did a presentation, I think, um, somewhere in D.C., and then they did another thing. I just tuned in to see a portion of it today, but it's actually riveting because it's bringing the whole subject matter into a reasonable space. And and they're talking about not only the craft, the actual extraterrestrial craft that him, has been recaptured, but the fact that the U.S. Um, military industrial complex has been reverse engineering them for years. And a lot of the craft we're seeing today are actually craft that have been reproduced to mimic the craft that were are the original real 
um, extraterrestrial craft. It's really interesting and it makes a lot of sense. So I just want to encourage people, don't sleep on that. <laughs> Otherwise, good morning. I told you guys the truth is out there. <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. Roger messaged me about this too, about the UFOs. Roger's like told me I was a young whippersnapper that he knew about this before X Files. Yeah, but Dwayne, you remember yes. in the remember in the eighties when they used to have all of these like one I I don't know, that's incredible. Yes. Like you know, like these one hit shows, like these like one-off shows, these one-shot shows that would talk about these, talk about these things, you know. So yeah, sure. yeah that, that was that was like a regular thing on on uh, on you know CBS, NBC, ABC when those were the gatekeepers before the other channels came along or whatever, you know. And they would, yeah, you know, they would they would talk about this stuff, you know, TNT, that cable channel, TNT, and all that stuff. So it was just like, you know, by the time X-Files came along, I thought that was going to be a show that was like that. I didn't realize it was like, you know, a show with an actor and actresses. I'm like, so I didn't watch it at first. What a drama. Then I started watching it years later. But that's what I thought X-Files was going to be when it first came out. I was like, oh, wow, they're going to really delve into this. And then I was like, okay, I, I see what it is or whatever. But... I mean, even Close Encounters, that was based on um... Yeah. All right, uh, I gotta go. Close Encounters of the If you ever seen that, Sabrina? I've seen that before, but you're breaking up a little bit, but I do gotta go. Um, But thanks so much, guys. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Morning. Bye. Take care.